You're listening to the Max Level Podcast for December 10th, 2018. On today's show, Brian and Frank go in-depth with Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. They talk about the massive amount of new games announced at the Game Awards 2018, THQ Nordic being on an imploding collision course, and finally chime in on the FTC investigating loot boxes. All this in the usual segments on today's episode of the Max Level Podcast. On with the show. We have new game overload this week. We have new game overload, man. This has been probably one of the biggest weeks we've had in terms of new game announcements, localization announcements, indie title reveals. This this week has been incredible. But that's thanks to all the stuff we had this week. I mean, game awards, kind of funny showcase, random stuff getting announced. It's been a crazy week, but we've had a lot of fun. It's a great week. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun, though. Uh, so that's why the, literally the title of this podcast is a new games overload, because I literally am I, I am overwhelmed with the amount of information we have to talk about. So as as we about as we are about to jump into the the normal spiel here for the max level podcast, just know that a good chunk of this show is going to literally be new game announcements and us talking about games that got revealed, whether that was at the Game Awards 2018 or the Kind of Funny Showcase, because there are several things that we are going to be going over. The discussions today are going to be much lighter, much, uh, well, I wouldn't say lighter. I, I definitely have some things to say about the two discussions we're going to have a little bit later oh, on yeah. in the episode. So do I. <laughs> um, but they, it is not going to be anything serious because we are going to be focusing on all of the new games that got announced over this past week for this episode of Max Level. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. And I think it's time to jump in. If you didn't know, this is Max Level, a video game podcast found right here at Level Down Games, dedicated to covering this crazy and ever-changing industry where we bring you the latest information you need to know, discuss our adventures through current and sometimes older games, and have some fun discussions. I'm Brian, joined as always by the man who will be naming his Falcon Douglas in a game called Falcon Age coming out in 2019. It's Frank. Because... <laughs> I don't know why I still don't get Douglas. I don't. I have no idea why. But uh, it has a ring to it, doesn't it? Though. Yeah. And if you don't catch that reference, uh, go check out our reaction video. We uploaded it over the weekend. Uh, it's for the uh, kind of funny games showcase. Uh, there was a new game announced, and I actually didn't put that in game announcements. But there was a game called Falcon Age. It's in PlayStation VR, uh, where you basically are training up this falcon and doing battles. And I, it, it was a crazy looking game. But you actually get to and control we're this falcon. Find a best friend, <laughs> you can actually dress him up as a cowboy and Frank's like, yeah, I'm going to name him Douglas. So there will be a fa- there will be a Falcon named Douglas sometime in 2019, which is uh, I'm going to give him a little talent bump. It's gonna happen. Pretty cool. Uh, special shout out to Dance with the Dead for allowing us to use their music for our videos. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. They can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. And before we forget, Max Level and Level Down Games is entirely self-funded as a passion project. If you'd like to see it continue to grow and become something even bigger, consider supporting us through one or all of the affiliate links listed in the description of this podcast. It would mean the absolute world to us. Something else that would mean the absolute world to us is if you would go over to your favorite podcast app of choice, preferably iTunes. iTunes is where it matters most. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Five stars. We need those ratings and reviews. Basically, the way iTunes, their algorithm works, the more reviews you get, the more ratings you get, the higher the chance of your particular podcast appearing in search results. So when somebody is looking for a new video game podcast and they search for video games or gaming podcasts or whatever, 
the more ratings and reviews we have, the higher the chance that max level will appear somewhere in their search results. Whether that's on page one, two, three, four, I have no idea. Right now, we're pretty far down the list, but the more ratings and reviews we get, the better the chance that someone will be able to discover us, hopefully fall in love with us, at least me, and uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and start listening to our show on a weekly we basis. We all know that my cool. milkshake brings all the boys to the yard, okay? So just... Well, I'm Wait. not I'm not going to I'm not even going to touch that one. I'm not going to respond. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, well, it is better than yours. No, I'll let you have it. Uh, remember, in less than a month, we will be switching podcast hosts or not hosts. I wish we were switching hosts, co-hosts to be actually. No, no, just host. Just you. I want to get rid of you. Still trying. Please. Still Guys, trying. This is my final, it's my final episode. I'll, I'll see you. Next year. It's not your final episode yet. I tried. Uh, <laughs> we are switching our where we actually host our MP3 files for the podcasts. So starting on that episode, January 7th, 2019, just keep an eye on our SS feed. Make sure that there is a new episode uploaded by the middle of the day. If there isn't, make sure I didn't put up a quick audio file saying, hey, we've moved, resubscribe to our show. Just keep in mind we are switching hosts and there may be issues starting on January 7th, 2019. But if there are issues, there will be a quick workaround and a quick fix that you will be able to do to keep getting your weekly dose of the max level podcast because we want you to stay. We want you to stick with us. Uh, it would be very cool. And hey, very if cool you're if you checking did. us out on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, give us a thumbs down. I don't care what you give us. Just interact. Yeah. Throw, throw, throw us a comment. Mm-hmm. If you think Brian's an idiot, throw, throw him a thumbs down and let him know, please. Negative. I do on regular. <laughs> oh, that's you doing that. Okay. Negative feedback is just the same as positive feedback. In my opinion, I will take any one. Uh, I just like it to be constructive criticism. So if you don't like what we're doing, just let me know why. Let me know what I can do to better it. Let me know what I can do to fix it. I, I give you detailed lists and you do nothing. Well, <laughs> the headband doesn't matter. Like you, you keep telling me I look stupid and that's fine. I, I'll look stupid every damn day if I want to. I don't give a shit, dude. Cut your hair. No, never. Pay, pay, pay your co-host a living wage. You know, rupees. Take it. I'll pay you in Smash Brothers Fighters, dude, because that is a good way to transition now to campaign games where I, we were going to talk about two games this week. We were going to talk about two. We're only going to talk about one. I was going to talk about Just Cause 4 a little bit, but I'm not going to lie. I really haven't had a chance to dive too deep into Just Cause 4. Now, some of the things I've heard about Just Cause 4 is that the game is having issues. It's rough right now. I've heard of several, you know, just technical issues that the game is having. I haven't really had a chance to dive too deep into it where I can fully speak on my experience with it. And I want to save it. So I'm going to move Just Cause 4 to next week. We're going to focus on one major game that came out this past Friday, December 7th. And that is, of course, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Frank and I have been playing a lot of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate since it came out. That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. As of time of recording, uh, I know... You were up till, like you said, like what, four in the morning on Saturday morning playing Four, it. 445. <laughs> yeah, 445. I was up till almost 6 a.m. playing it. Uh, we we had planned to get up at, uh, you know, 10 o'clock to record an episode of BG Mania before we did this. And before we reacted to the kind of funny showcase, we didn't make it up in time. We were overslept. I messaged you in the morning. I was like, dude, let's put it off till tomorrow. Let's sleep in. I'm really tired. Uh, we even got a late start to the kind of funny showcase. So, uh, we, you know, we, we got there. We got everything done, as we always do. We always manage. 
I was half awake, so I was like, hey, maybe I'll play a little Smash Brothers. So I played even more. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So we always manage, and we've been playing a lot of Smash. Now, as of time that you're listening to this, we've had the rest of the day on Saturday, all day on Sunday, and part of the day on Monday to keep playing Smash Brothers because we are recording our year-end awards, the Level Down Games Awards 2018. We are recording that this coming up Wednesday. So we've been putting a ton of time into Smash Brothers because before the game even came out, we actually stuck it in categories out of good faith, knowing that the game would be good based on things that I had heard from other people that work in the industry that already had played the game. I knew this game was going to be good. It's great. In my opinion, this is the best Smash yet. I am willing to agree with you on that one. I'm loving my time so far. Yeah, uh, I'll let you talk first. What do, what do you think now? Because now I'll, now I will say this. I am a Smash Brothers lover. I, I enjoy this franchise. I love every game. I own every game. I've played the shit out of every game. You definitely have played a lot more Smash Brothers than I have, though. So being a more of an quote unquote expert at Smash Brothers and someone that definitely is better at the game than me, I'm going to let you go ahead and talk first and uh, let, let me know what you thought of Smash Brothers up through now. Okay, so uh, first things first, I really like that the game starts you off with the N64 roster. Yeah, eight characters. So just, you know, just eight characters. That's just regular Smash mode if you want to just jump in and play the game right away. Um, it seems that their characters are unlocking roughly every 10 minutes or so. Yeah, it's, it's about every 10 minutes. And... Yes, you can cheese it. We've read ways that you can actually go in, reset the game or change the language and that'll actually reset the timer. Uh, no, I'm not either because I'm having a lot of fun with a mode where I'm sure we're going to talk about here in a uh, yeah, few yeah, minutes. Yeah, I'll roll yeah, a light. I was going to work my way around to that one. <laughs> but uh, I've, I've been spending so much time into that that I literally just exit out of that every 10 minutes, unlock a character, jump back in because I don't really care who I'm playing as and roll a light. Like I'm playing as the character I already want to be playing as, which is Marth. I'm having a lot of fun playing as Marth. I'm playing as a character I want to play as. I'm playing as Bowser, uh, who is my main. Exactly. Well, I, I don't really have a main yet. Well, he's been my, he's, he's been he's been my main up to now. I, I there's still new characters for me to explore. So sure, I usually play either Link, um, Shulk, or Sheik. So I don't really know who I'm actually going to play as right now. I, I really am having a lot of fun playing Marth. Uh, and, and Marth is a character that I, I didn't I used to play as sometimes in previous Smash games, but it's not somebody that I actually ever really quote unquote mained. But I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I've actually gotten pretty good with him. So I may actually play as him till Joker comes out in 2019 because Joker is the character. And we'll talk about Joker here in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so what were my initial impressions of things I like? I, I'm still I want to start with Smash Mode because we're going to work our way down to, to the level. Absolutely. We'll focus on Smash Mode first because Smash Mode is probably the least one I have the most experience in right now. Smash Mode is your typical, you know, party playing mode. But you, it, the new addition to the beginning is you can actually preset different parameters like you can always pick the other parameters for a match but you actually have preset one so like i have one for myself i call it standard the way my friends always play is uh rule, stock three rule sets is what you're talking time. about like the rule sets yeah yeah so a, a rule set of uh, a stock of three infinite time that's you know, so that, that's an option uh then you know i have an option if i wish if i just want to play a quick play just want to just mess around with a, a character you know maybe stock one or a stamina battle like all those are, are, are presets and i like that yeah this game is supporting the GameCube controllers and wave dashing is back in the game. It's really, really great. Are you using your GameCube controller to play this? I am not. My GameCube controller, for some reason, I think it got wet. It's all frazzled out. So unfortunately, I'm using the the two Joy-Cons in, in the charging piece until I get a new one. I'll get one later on today. Wait, do you not have a pro controller? No, I don't. Oh, wow. OK. I, I, I have 
a GameCube controller, like the, the the ones they made for this game. But I think it got wet, so I'm gonna try to trade it. Not trade it in, but try to see if I can get a yeah. Because I, I only bought it a little while ago. I thought you had a Pro controller. No, I had a Pro controller for Wii U. Oh, okay. Yeah. For, for some reason, I thought you had a Switch Pro controller. Damn, weird. It would be nice. I mean, yeah. Um, but you know, to be honest, I'm not really playing Smash Mode. Yeah, me neither. I played through it once as Mario, and that was it. <laughs> uh, I, I played through it a couple times. Uh, but uh, th- there's another option. Uh, it's the blue option called Games and More, I think. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's where your 100-man battles are in there. There's a new thing called All-Star Mode that you fight against every character. Every character, already. yeah. And it's, it's an infinite thing, too. So eventually you will cycle back through and see the same character again. Um, I, I've cleared the, the Century Battle, which is 100 fighters with Bowser. He's my, he's my dude. Nice. Um, cruel Battle. It's cruel. I think I, my, my high score is two. So. <laughs> I've, I haven't even tried that yet. I haven't even tried so, it. It's no joke. Um, but yeah, the, I think the main focus of this game, the main thing other than you know, the online play um, is the world of light. Right. Because that's that's your single player experience. Yeah, that's your single player mode. Which you're going to spend them and it's it'll be tell you right now. The mode is massive. That map is huge with so many different things to unlock. Very cool. And uh, in this mode, um, I can spoil this because it's the initial opening story. Is, of course. It was in the trailer. The trailer. So every character in the game has been knocked out, turned to a spirit um, and then taken over by for Kirby. Except one. Except for Kirby uh, by I can't remember the name of the character already. Gilgamesh or no, uh, Gemli or uh, G- 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 Jalem, Galem, something like that is the name of the character. But uh, when you battle a character who's on the map, you unlock them for World of Light. But if they're a new ca- they're a character who you haven't unlocked in, the, in Smash already, they will unlock for Smash mode. So you, it's one way you can get characters other than just random, you know, playing and randomly unlocking and with their 10 minute kind of deal. I think it's worth mentioning. There's three ways to unlock characters. Uh, the first way is through World of Light, like you just mentioned, and encountering them on the map, getting them that way, unlocking them for both World of Light and for regular play outside of World of Light. The second way is the way we talked about kind of cheesing it, going in and resetting your game every time you do it, because you can go into Smash mode and every 10 minutes after you do Smash battles, you will a new you'll be challenged by a new foe, like a new character. And as long as you defeat them, then you unlock them. Now, if you lose against them, you can rechallenge them again in like a few minutes or something through one of the uh, through one of the options. You can rechallenge that character, try again. But then if you reset your game or change your language, it's supposed to reset the 10 minute timer. I haven't been able to get that work every single time, uh, but I know that you can do it. And then the third way is through classic mode that we already kind of mentioned there briefly, yeah. where you pick a character, you go through your initial character ladder. It's like six or eight battles. And then at the end, you're challenged by a new character. Like if you play as Mario, you're challenged at the end by Sonic. You defeat Sonic, you unlock him. So, huh? I don't think I was challenging anybody, anybody when I beat it as Donkey Kong. Uh, I have the actual infographic here. Let me see here. Now, if you beat it as Donkey Kong. You should have been challenged by. Let's see here. So I have it saved because I actually wanted to go in and um, I was going to originally unlock characters that way. Unless that's unless that's how I got Bowser. I'm pretty sure Bowser was my first unlocking game. Weird. I didn't save it. I thought I had it. I'll look it up while you keep talking. 
Um, I'm pretty because that was one of the first things I did was it's classic mode where it's just you know you go, you work your way through and uh, Donkey Kong's mode is called a, a, a travel to New Donk City. Oh, that's kind of neat. That's kind of cool. So as you, as you make it through, um, I think the, the, the last battle, other than Master Hand, who I didn't spoil anything for you, Master Hand's always last battle, um, is uh, Mario and Luigi, and you're fighting on front in front of the tower in Dung City, which is a, which is a great new level. I love it. It's one of the best. F- playing through Donkey Kong through classic mode unlocks Bowser. Okay, then that's how I got it. There yeah. you go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, I, I, I just thought he was random. So yeah. Play Mario unlocks Sonic. Donkey Kong unlocks Bowser. Link unlocks King K. Rule. Samus unlocks the Inkling. Yoshi unlocks um, Lusario. Uh, Kirby unlocks Ness. Fox unlocks Falcon. Captain Falcon. And Pikachu unlocks uh, Villager. I have almost all those characters already just from playing through world of life though so that's pretty good yeah okay. but but then you keep going like now if you play through sure, sure. Yeah, 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 if I'm you sure play through as sonic you'll unlock uh bayonetta and so on and so forth so all right yes i'll have to put some more time into that I, yeah. it's, it's a good mode in general yep it's super cool but yeah world of light dude oh my god um so in world of light you're not just unlocking characters you're also earning spirits that's a new thing that we added to this game which i didn't realize how many there were 1,260 plus spirits. Okay. Like if you actually look at your collection and see how many you've obtained, I think it's like, a, so it's like 1,267, some odd number of spirits that you can actually obtain. Who was the first one you got? When I, when I booted it up, I'm like, the game gave me a, a spirit. Some, somebody's from F, somebody from F-Zero. So it was random then. I got Houndor from uh, Pokemon. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely, it's that random. I forget. Uh, it was... I forget the name of the character, but he's just a random like driver from F Zero. Who okay. was actually the first character, the first spirit that I got. Because it just gives you one to start. I was like, okay. I yeah. wonder is it? I don't know if it's random on the board. No, no, like not not, not playing like literally. No, I jump- know, but I'm wondering if the spirits are random on the board. I doubt it. There's no way that that map there's no has. There's no way they're random because uh, it's it, for the most part. True, you have to have certain spirits that will unlock pathways and stuff. And usually, like, in an area, they, 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 they try to correlate to, like, what should be in the area. Like, there's a section where there's a there's a, there's a track, and you unlock some F-Zero stuff along the track, and some of the challenges are actually, Okay, like, so they're definitely around. not random. Um, I just don't think there's no way, like, we were talking about this before we started recording, but, like, the spirit board where you can actually challenge certain characters that appear, like, every five minutes and that kind of stuff. Like, there's a timer... There has to be characters that are exclusive to that. There has to be characters that are exclusive to trading in your spirits and getting cores and getting characters that way, because there's no way that that map for Roll of Light has enough room on it for 1,267 spirits, because I've already cleared the bottom left hand corner, most of the left side and quite a bit of the center. And I think I only have like maybe 200 spirits. Maybe at most. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll find them all over the place. But uh, so the way spirits work are um, you have what are primary spirits, which are just basic, you know, you can, they level up one from one to ninety nine. And uh, some of them have multiple slots where you can add on assistant spirits. Um, your, your your main spirits come in three varieties or four, four, four varieties, four, 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 four varieties. Yep. So it's, 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 like, it's like a rock, paper, scissors kind of thing where one is weak against the other. There's a neutral, I believe. Um and 
That, that I don't know, understand the rock, paper, scissors, mechanics for. No, that, that's, de- that's definitely it. Like, one thing is okay. weak against one, but strong against another. And then it's the the dark one like is the neutral one that is basically, it's not weak or strong against anything, but that's it's a good one to use because you're not necessarily weak to any other character, so. And they have certain advantages. Some things give you, like, uh, oh, you get to jump faster, or um, I have something that gives me the ability to have a, a second jump midair, which... Definitely has been working clutch when I get knocked off these levels. Right. Uh, yeah, like I like the ones that make you like if the ground is sticky, you're immune to that. Or if the ground is lava, you're immune to fire. Like I like the ones that actually make some of these battles that you're, as you're going through World of Light. It actually trivializes them because it takes away the hard part about it. And some of these I'm literally going in and finishing the fights in less than 10 seconds. Like some of these are so fast. It's crazy yeah. how fast that you like I'm moving through what? this. What I want to talk about is how creative they are. Yes, please. Um, so there's one. There's a battle in there. Um, it'll happen somewhere. You'll find it. Where one of the spirits you're going to get is Nabbit DK from Mario Rabbids uh, Battle. Now, obviously, he's not an actual character in the game. So how do you make a battle that pays tribute to him? Well, you fight a white Donkey Kong who's wearing the bunny hood. And I was like, okay, that's that's a cool touch. There was um the the, the little birds from uh, Metroid. The little yellow birds. So they had mini Ridleys. Like that's what you fought. Like they, they try to they try to make things correlate to either personality or their style or how they look. It's really really neat. Uh, one of them was uh you unlock Mario from Mario Tennis Aces. Okay. So you have Ma- you have Mario in his red white and blue outfit, which kind of looks close to it. Like it's 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 really neat what they're doing with this. I, every time I get a challenge, I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing there. That's that, that's cool. My Some favorite. Are, my favorite I, I actually talk, we had talked about this my favorite one so far has been the two girls from fatal frame because they are sisters and you go in and the battle is against daisy and peach and it's one of those ones where because like there's certain conditions for each battle as you go through world of light and this particular condition is that your your opponents try to avoid conflict. So they're constantly yes. running away from you. So Daisy and Peach are running away. You're chasing them down. You have to take them out. And it's a timed battle. You only have two minutes to do it. And all the while, the the girls from Fatal Frame, they're basically like assist trophies as well. And they are taking pictures of you. And by taking a picture, it's damaging you. So if you don't beat them fast enough, they take enough pictures of you, you're going to get sent flying off the map. So you're, you're like Daisy and Peach are running around. And what's cool is that their eyes are hollowed out and like glowing, kind of like matching the spirit world of Fatal Frame. I And the music is all like intense and dark and gothic. Like it, like you're right. It's actually really, really creative. I really do enjoy it. Uh, I that's I anticipate most of me going in just seeing what they've done for each actual spirit. I actually think it's a lot of fun. I say I haven't found a bad challenge yet. Everything is the, the music fits perfectly. Uh, don't want to understand the fact that there's 900 plus tracks on this. And right. Which I was a little disappointed by that because the very first thing I did when I booted up the game on the switch, I went into the soundtrack and I started listening to music and I probably listened to music for about the first four hours I played the game because we are doing an episode of BG mania on ultimate coming up in January. Check that out. It's a video game music podcast every Wednesday, iTunes, Google play stitcher. Uh, it's exclusive to podcast services. We can't put it on YouTube. But um, there was only 730 tracks unlocked at the start of the game. Yeah, you, we thought for sure they would have everything unlocked from. Yeah, Street I thought I thought I thought all the music would at least be able to be unlocked, but it's not. So you have to I believe there's music that is potentially locked. 
behind character unlocks. I'm not sure if that's the case or not, but I do know that there's like an achievement, quote unquote, system in this game where you're doing challenges and doing a certain number of things will unlock certain things. That has a chance to unlock music because you can unlock a a challenge and then that'll unlock a track. You can also purchase tracks in the game using in-game coins that you get, uh, which I've every time one pops up, I buy it. Like I'm literally saving my coins (laughs) for the actual tracks. So I'm buying those. Make sure you pay attention to your coins. Um, there's there's an achievement for it. I guess par- apparently special sales are going to happen every Sunday. Every Sunday, yeah. It's like kind of like the uh, the turnip sales at Animal Crossing, yeah. Where uh, you know there's certain days, but yeah, certain every Sunday there will be sales in the actual store in Ultimate. So that's kind of neat. But which is tomorrow as of the day we're recording, so we'll have to check that out and see what it is. Um. But yeah, I'm definitely trying to unlock all the music because I want all 900 plus tracks. Obviously, we are doing an episode, like I mentioned, dedicated to Smash Ultimate in January for this for BG Mania. I want to have a chance to actually pick all the tracks and I don't want it just to be limited to what oh, yeah. I have unlocked. So. I've, I've, been, I've been building myself playlists along the way of things that I've, I've been flagging things I like and just Me putting too. playlists together. In the game. OK, Me too. I figured you would. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I said, that was literally the first thing I did was go into the music because uh, they've brought a lot of tracks over from like Melee and Brawl and the Wii U 3DS versions. But it's cool because they tell you like if it's a remix, it'll tell you like this is from Melee. This is from Brawl. This is who composed it. This is from the Wii U 3DS version. But then if it's a pink flag, you know, it's a new remix done by one of these composers specifically for Smash Ultimate. And those are the ones I've been focusing on because I've always wanted to hear the new music that was in this game and, and actually hearing the new tracks is pretty freaking cool. Uh, have you messed around with some of the new levels? Yeah. Tamadachi life has one of the best new levels I've ever seen. It's very, very, very cool. Uh, and what's interesting is there's three different versions of each level and you can actually change it at the top. So that, you know, you have like your battlefield level, you have like your regular level. And I forget what the other one's called, but uh, there's three different versions of each level. Plus you have the stage morphing. Have you done that at all yet? Uh- I messed around that a little bit. Yeah, where you can actually like halfway through the battle, the stage morphs into something else. And, you know, if it's one that doesn't have like a floor or platforms, you have to like you have to make sure that you quickly get to where you need to be as the stage morphs or else you can literally just fall to your death. So uh, I I don't know, man, this is I'm having a lot of fun with this game. The first day, literally got it in the mail, started playing it a couple hours later, jumped in, listened to some music. I probably spent almost actually, no, I spent over 10 hours on the first day with it, which is Pretty and you came close to that. Eight. Yeah, I was gonna say you came close. So I, I played it for I a couple would, more would, additional I would, I would hours. Have had than you. more, but uh, I stayed up really late the night before, so I had to come home to come out to play well, my that, game. That was Game Awards night, baby. Go check out our yeah. reactions to the Game Awards. Uh, I apologize for how I look at the end of Game Awards. Uh, half dead. I, I apologize how you look all the time. Don't worry. Wow, I was up for like eighteen hours. So get <laughs> your boy some slack. <laughs> But yeah, I really do think this is the best Smash yet, man. I really do. I'm having a lot of fun with this. No, I nothing, not a bad thing to say about this game. Yeah, I know I'll be putting a lot more time into it. Game of the year. Disagree. Disagree. <laughs> but uh, I, I do think this is the, the best Smash yet. And we will be putting a lot more time into this over the next couple of days before we record our actual personal level down games awards. Since we do have this nominated in a couple categories, we want to make sure that we are able to fully weigh it and, you know, fairly weigh it against the other games that it is going up against in the the couple categories that it is nominated for. But uh, safe to say, this is obviously a fantastic game. Uh, really enjoying this. Nintendo knocked this one out of the park. I've been having a lot of fun. 
And I really just want to see what happens at the end of World of Light, man. I really want to see like because have you found like obviously there's there's switches you can un- oh, hit. You didn't, oh, oh, you didn't hear what happens when you when you beat it. I Waluigi. No, it doesn't. No, no. It actually makes me mad that Mario has a costume that's colored like Waluigi. <laughs> but uh, um, there's like these P blocks you can hit along the way and World of Light where it's unlocking these like portions of a bridge. What's really cool is that you have to have spirits that can do certain things like you need to have a spirit that knows how to drive a boat to cross the lake. You need to have a spirit that knows how to fix a bridge to go fix bridges. Uh, and uh, yeah, a spirit that has a bomb. Mouser from Mario Brothers 2. It's cool because they're always like you mentioned, they're always in the area where you need them at. So like it's not like you'll go through and then you have to go through a different part of the lot. Now, sometimes you do. There's one mm-hmm. portion of the map, bottom left hand corner. I've not been able to get to yet. I haven't I been there either. Yeah. I, I, I've cleared out the whole right side because you have a, you have an option when you get there. You'll come to a crossroads. You can go left, right, or up. I chose right. I cho- and I chose left, which is cool. But uh, I no, like I've cleared. Like I've gotten rid of all the fog. I've did all the spirit battles. I've done everything I could possibly do, except for the bottom left hand corner. There's a like a wall blocking my path, and I don't have the spirit to cross that yet. I have no idea which one it is. So I think I'm going to have to start exploring in the north or the right because I don't have it yet. Uh, did you have a chance to play anything else as you move into Tasty Treats this past week? I'm still plugging away at Pokemon uh, Go. Um, let's go. And Pokemon Go uh, in virtue because uh, apparently there's a mode in there where you need to import 25 of one Pokemon from Pokemon Go to the game to play to play bonus games. So I'm, I'm constantly going around my town catching Abra. Okay. So okay. That, that's about it. Yeah. I, other than that, I've been not playing too many games. I've been hyped and waiting for this. Uh, well, I had to, I played a ton of games leading up to Smash releasing on Friday. Like I said, I played a little bit of Just Cause 4. Uh, game came out on Tuesday, went grabbed it. Uh, played it a little bit Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, but I haven't played it enough yet to actually fully give thoughts on it. I will do that this week. I uh, will talk about it next week on the Max Level Podcast. Uh, I finished Darksiders 3, put about 18 hours into it, 100%, 100% finished it. Uh, well, I didn't find every upgrade that I could possibly get, but I did finish the game. Uh, I'm not going to go back to it. I love how it ended, actually. Uh, perfect tease for Darksiders 4. So I think for fans of Darksiders 1 and 2, while this game isn't as fun to play because they took out a lot of the Legend of Zelda mechanics, seeing where the series is going for the fourth game, because it, they pretty much confirmed it at the end of the game that they're going to do a fourth one by what they showed. I'm excited. And there's a there's a freaking water temple in Darksiders 3, dude. <laughs> like a legit Ocarina of Time style water temple where... Fury gets this form that allows her to walk on the bottom of the water, kind of like Link in his heavy boots where he can kind of, you know, walk on the water and go through the water temple. Uh, Very, very much of a throwback to Ocarina Time. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Played through and finished Return of the Obra Dinn, which I highly, 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 highly highly recommend. That game is fantastic. We actually talked about it Thursday night during the uh, the Game Awards ceremony because they was actually nominated. It actually did win something, too. And congratulations to them because it actually was best art design. Yeah, it it absolutely deserved it. Return of the Obra Dinn is a fantastic game where you play as like a sales insurance agent kind of exploring this boat back from back in the day that came back empty. And you are able to through the through the log, through the ship's log, you're able to go in, learn about the passengers, find out what happened to them, see how they died and piece everything together. And through these pictures, you're trying to actually pinpoint who each character is based on the information you're able to find out and how they died. 
So you're like a forensic scientist. Kinda. Yeah, like a forensic scientist back in the early 1900s, so to speak. It's actually really cool, but but you're actually an insurance, like an insurance agent. So you're basically playing as you, yourself, Frank. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what I want to do when I'm not at work doing my insurance job is play, <laughs> play insurance jobs. <laughs> But the graphic style, as we saw, is really cool. Like I said, you can actually change it to make it look like a Linux machine or a Mac machine or a Commodore 64. That's uh, cool. Yeah, like you can actually have these different art styles where it, it, it's it's freaking cool. The game was worth playing. Uh, I played and I, I finished. I had already started several, several weeks ago, actually a couple months ago, but I finally finished it. Tanglewood, that game that was released on the Sega Genesis and PC. Yes. Uh, I finished that. I, I knew I was close to the end, so I finished that up. And I started and played about five hours of Thronebreaker, The Witcher Tales. Now, this was a game that kind of flew under my radar a little bit. Um I didn't realize how good it was actually going to be. It is basically a Witcher game, isometric style with card battles. I love it. I absolutely love it. Like you're playing as this character. You're walking around the map. You can go. You can follow around the map and explore. You can find treasures. You can find stuff that you need to like progress through the game, like wood or materials to increase your camp size or build up better armies or unblock aspects of the road and then you go in and when you actually battle something like a group of bandits or an enemy or a boss it's like Gwent and you use these cards and you're on a battlefield the game is a lot of fun and it's made by the same team that did the Witcher the same writers that brought you the Witcher 3 some of their best quest lines of the Witcher 3 the voice acting is fantastic I don't know why this game came out about three weeks ago on PC and for whatever reason three or four weeks ago I didn't realize it what it was until we read it last week in the actual releases because it came to consoles as well. But as soon as I knew what it was, I instantly went and bought it on Steam because I freaking love the Witcher franchise. I absolutely love playing everything about this. Uh, you know, I've played the Witcher one, two and three. I've played Gwent. So why wouldn't I play Thronebreaker? Uh, having a lot of fun playing that as well. But most of my time this week was spent playing Darksiders 3 and obviously now Smash Brothers. So this coming up week will probably be spent mostly playing Smash and Just Cause 4. There's a couple of things that I definitely want to get to in order to talk about next week as well. Like, I'd like to try out Temtem. We got the alpha for Temtem. We did. And we, neither one of us have played that yet. I, I played for 15 minutes. Not enough to talk about. Okay. Yeah, so hopefully hopefully we'll have a chance to talk about that next week. That's all I've been playing, though. That's all I had a chance to play. Most of, like I said, most of the time was spent to uh, to Darksiders 3 and to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. But that's going to take us into our biggest segment I think we've ever had here on the Max Level Podcast. And that is the Weekly Scoop News Report, where we have 24 items to talk about. 24 items, which I think may not actually be the most we've ever had at one point. But 24 items... 20 of those being game announcements. We have 20 game announcements to get through. Right, we're starting with the happiest news I've gotten in such a long time. Yeah, I tried to put these in a specific order. Some of these are going to be in just a random order, but I tried to put these in some a somewhat specific order. And the first game announcement we're going to kick off with is a big one. Publisher Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment and developer NetherRealm Studios have announced Mortal Kombat 11 for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. This was done at the Game Awards. It will launch worldwide on April 23rd, 2019. Uh, there will be a community reveal event held on January 17th where they will show more information on the game. And if you pre-order it, it will include Shao Kahn as a playable character with 
beta access. Pretty cool. Uh, the next game announcement is the biggest one for me. Publisher Electronic Arts and developer Bioware have announced a new Dragon Age project. This was done at the Game Awards 2018. Uh, the Dreadwolf Rises is all we know about it. Obviously, this is continuing directly from the events that happened at the end of Dragon Age Inquisition. No spoilers. If you haven't finished Dragon Age Inquisition yet, I'm not going to tell you what happened there. Um, but the actual trailer itself kind of teases events that happened at the end of Dragon Age Inquisition. Whether this is going to be called Dragon Age 4, Dragon Age, colon, something else. I'm like, because, you know, it wasn't actually Dragon Age. So it was Dragon Age Inquisition. The next game announcement, publisher Activision and developer Binox have announced Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled for PlayStation 4, Xbox One and Nintendo Switch. It will launch on June 21st, 2019 for $40. A nitrous oxide edition will also be available for $60. Uh, this is a remastered built from the ground up of the original Crash Racing game. So Crash Team Racing. Uh, so while it is why they are calling it a remaster, it is built from the ground up. So it is basically a remake of Crash Team Racing. Uh, I'm, I have to wonder if there will be additional content as well, like if they're going to add a couple new uh, carts or a couple new tracks. I have no idea or if it will just be true to the original. Whatever the case may be, the game looks fantastic. It looks fun as hell. Uh, definitely one of the better kart racers ever released. I'm excited to jump into this. Are you? I am. Uh, when, it, when it came on, I was like squeeing a little child. Yeah. Uh, I definitely yeah, want to play this. It's, it's, it, yeah, we were talking about like, what's the next one to remake? This is definitely the right one to remake. And, I, and I'm kind of mad that we actually didn't think about Crash Team Racing as the next one to remake because you and I were speculating. Oh, I wonder if they would be like cool enough to actually remake the Tony Hawk series. Like if they would remake Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1, 2. And then we were talking about well, the licensing issue with the music and stuff. Probably not. But we didn't even think about actual Crash Team Racing. So now that now when this comes out, when Crash Team Racing comes out in June, wonder what Activision is going to do. Maybe they'll try to do Tony Hawk after that. I have no idea. But uh, I wonder if this is going to be something that they do every year where uh, they try to remaster or remake one of their older titles. Because, you know, we had Crash Bandicoot with that trilogy, with the Insane Trilogy. We have the Spyro Reignited Trilogy this year. Now we have Crash Team Racing coming out next year. So I wonder what remaster we'll get in 2020 or if this is just the last one they're going to do. I have no idea. But either way, this was fun. I, I mean, this... Mario Kart and Diddy Kong Racing have always been the top three kart racers, in my opinion. Uh, really looking forward to jumping back into Crash Team Racing. Hell yeah, dude. This is another big one here. Publisher Private Division and developer Obsidian Entertainment have announced The Outer Worlds for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, and it will launch in 2019. The Outer Worlds is a new single-player first-person sci-fi RPG. In the Outer Worlds, you awake from hibernation on a colonist ship that was lost in transit to Halcyon, the furthest colony from Earth located at the edge of the galaxy, only to find yourself in the midst of a deep conspiracy threatening to destroy it. As you explore the furthest reaches of space and encounter various factions all vying for power, the character you decide to become will determine how this player-driven story unfolds. In the corporate equation of the colony, or in the corporate equation for the colony, you are the unplanned variable. This is basically a space version of Fallout New Vegas, and it looks fantastic. Yeah. Uh, this is the Fallout game that I want to play, not Fallout 76, which is an absolute mess, and I have no interest in anymore. I actually uninstalled it. I uninstalled Fallout 76 for now. Disgrazia. I will, I will reinstall Fallout 76 when all the issues are fixed and when they add actual content to the game. Right now, I have no interest in actually playing it. Don't get it right in Fallout 77, don't you worry. <laughs> 
Yeah, unfortunately. Another game announcement. Ubisoft has announced Far Cry New Dawn for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. It will launch on February 15th, 2019 for $40. 17 years after a global nuclear catastrophe, civilization reemerges from the chaos to find a world dramatically changed. In a post-apocalyptic Hope County, Montana, the remaining populace has gathered into different groups, each with their own rules for survival. In this new world order, the vicious highwaymen, led by twin sisters Mickey and Lou, travel from place to place, bleeding people dry of all available resources. As the survivors try to defend their lands against the highwaymen's relentless onslaught, it's up to you to come to their aid and lead the fight. In the latest installment of the award-winning Far Cry franchise, you are the last line of defense in a transformed post-apocalyptic Hope County. Help the community of survivors grow stronger, craft a makeshift arsenal through turf wars and cross-country expeditions, and form unexpected alliances to fight for survival in a dangerous new frontier. Very much looking forward to this. I absolutely loved Far Cry 5. I loved this is a direct continuation of Far Cry 5. Yes. Like literally takes place, as I said, 17 years. I actually thought this was right after, but this is 17 years after the nukes dropped. Um, love that this is a post-apocalyptic game. Another kind of dig at Fallout 76 being bad and, you know, another <laughs> game that's probably going to be better than that. And I love that the father is in this game. We saw at the end of the trailer, the father is there. Uh, this is going to be a fantastic game for only $40. Like this is a blood dragon type of expansion. It's like a kind of like a smaller expansion esque, but it is standalone as well. Uh, for 40 bucks, you can't beat it, man. This game's going to be great. I'm sure of it. And, uh, looking forward to playing that one as well. Our next game announcement, Marvel announced Marvel ultimate Alliance three, the black order. This will be published by Nintendo, which is why it's exclusive to the Nintendo switch and developed by team Ninja, which is crazy. Uh, this is going to launch sometime in 2019. The Marvel Ultimate. We, we, we didn't see this one coming, too. That's the crazy thing. No, no, no. This one didn't leak beforehand. So this was definitely a surprise. The Marvel Ultimate Alliance series returns for the first time in 10 years with a new action RPG exclusively on the Nintendo Switch system. Assemble your ultimate team of Marvel superheroes from a huge cast, including the Avengers, the Guardians of the Galaxy, the X-Men, and more. Team up with friends to prevent galactic devastation at the hands of the mad cosmic tyrant Thanos and his ruthless war masters, the Black Order. In this new storyline, heroes and villains unite in a race across the Marvel Universe to find the Infinity Stones before Thanos and the Black Order use them to unleash cosmic chaos. From Avengers Tower to the X-Mansion and beyond, Every stop on the dangerous quest to thwart Thanos results in unexpected collisions of fan favorite characters and iconic locations. Get closer to the action by shifting the view to an over the shoulder heroic camera perspective, a series first that offers a more immersive way to play single player or multiplayer on up to four systems. Uh, this is cool, man. This is really cool. I, you have to think this is probably going to launch sometime around the Avengers four. Like it makes the most sense to put this out around that time. So probably sometime I'm in the spring. So happy this is coming out. Well, we were watching this trailer. At first, I was like, okay, cool, Guardians game. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. And, <laughs> and then I, when it, like, but when it clicked. Before it clicked for you, I actually thought this was like a port of the mobile game, like the mobile Marvel game, but it's not. This is actually a brand new Ultimate Launch. It's really cool. And I know you've played two, one and two extensively. I love I love this friggin' series. This is going to be great. And they have everyone. Yeah. Seemingly everyone. Uh, Assumingly. Well, we saw Wolverine, which I know is your big issue with uh, which, 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 Marvel vs. Capcom. Well, because um, they they own Fox again, right? Right. Disney owns Fox again, so we we have those rights out. But Spider Man's in the game, so obviously the, the those those deals are working out. Right. This, this is gonna be a good thing. It's gonna yeah. be a good thing. This is gonna be cool. Looking forward to that one. 
Coming up next, we have Ancestors, the Humankind Odyssey, which was announced at the Game Awards 2018. This will launch for PlayStation 4, Xbox One and PC sometime in 2019 from publisher, private division and developer Panashi Digital Games. Ancestors, the Humankind Odyssey is a third person open world survival game where you explore, expand and evolve to advance your clan to the next generation in this exhilarating new adventure from the creator of Assassin's Creed. Embark on the most incredible odyssey known to humankind, human evolution. Spanning from 10 million to 2 million years ago, begin your journey before us in Neogen period Africa. Explore a beautiful yet ruthless world from swinging through tree branches in the jungle to stalking prey across the golden savanna grasslands. Decide what attributes to learn and hone in order to pass down knowledge to future generations from crafting tools to enhancing evasive tactics against predators. Just like real life, make sure to eat, drink and sleep to stay alive and have the energy to face any danger that may come your way. Grow your clan and find strength in numbers as you progress through critical evolutionary stages of human evolution. Your choices will write your clan story and determine if you can survive the evolution. Ten bucks says this game is highly protested or there's going to be some kind of controversy surrounding this. Oh, guaranteed, guaranteed. Either way, this sounds really cool. And after watching that trailer at the Game Awards, this is absolutely something that I'm interested in playing. I really want to see how this game actually comes out. It seems like it controls good. Like, I like the actual swinging through the trees. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm really intrigued by this game. And I think this could have a cool story behind it. I would love to. Plus, based on your choices, the game can actually end up so many different ways. Like, maybe you don't survive evolution. Maybe you maybe your clan dies off. I wonder if that's a possibility. So I'd be curious to see if that's, you know, my clan will never die. Oh, man, it, it needs to. It needs to. The the clan of Frank, Frankistan needs to not actually happen. Wow, really? Yeah, Frankistan needs to not happen. So, so, so Ryan is calling for ethnic cleansing of all Frankistani people. Nice. <laughs> the next game announcement, No Man's Sky and Joe Danger developer Hello Games have announced an adventure game known as The Last Campfire. So far, it's only been announced for PC. This is going to launch in 2019, and it is currently available for wishlisting on Steam. Uh, it's a story of a lost ember trapped in a puzzling place, searching for meaning and a way home. It's a gorgeous looking game. Uh, really hoping that this game ends up being better at launch than No Man's Sky was because of that game, how much of a disaster it was. Now, I will give credit where credit is due. Hello Games have turned No Man's Sky around. It's been a redemption story since the game came out. And as of current as of current time of recording, No Man's Sky is a fantastic game to play. A lot of things to do, a lot of game, a lot of worlds to explore. And it's actually a game worth playing. But it took t over two years to get there. Uh, so I'm hoping that they've learned their lesson and actually put out a fun game at the start because I am very much intrigued by what we saw with The Last Campfire. It's something I absolutely want to play. Uh, so looking forward to when that comes out later in 2019. Our next game announcement here was one that was heavily rumored to be showing up at the Game Awards, but uh, was glad to see it there. D Netflix is the actual publisher of this one. So Netflix and developer Bonus XP have announced Stranger Things 3, the game, for quote-unquote all platforms at the Game Awards 2018. It's a pixelated Stranger Things type of game. Uh, looks like a lot of fun to play, but Good. that's all of the information that they released on it, so we have no idea uh, if this follows maybe Season 3 of Stranger Things or if it's going to incorporate everything that we've seen from uh, uh, Stranger Things up to now. I have no idea. But uh, you have to assume with a name like Stranger Things 3, the game, it's going to incorporate a lot of elements from the third season 
of Stranger Things 3 as well, which means that uh, this will probably launch later in 2019. But it looks fun. And by all platforms, if you can actually play this on Netflix, which is something we're going to talk about next week on the podcast. But if you can actually play this on Netflix as well, that would be pretty cool. Uh, our next game announcement is one that I am very much looking forward to jump into, but I haven't I haven't bought it yet. It's 20 bucks. I'm going to buy it. Uh, Bastion and Transistor developer Supergiant Games have announced Hack and Slash Dungeon Crawler Hades for PC. It is available now as an early access title on the Epic Games Store. Uh, it's not currently on Steam. Uh, it's only available through the Epic Games Store. I don't know when it's coming to Steam. I haven't actually installed the Epic Games Store yet, which is why I haven't bought this yet. But I did look into it on the website. The game is $19.99 and it is definitely worth that price seeing how fun this game looks. Defy the God of Death as you hack and slash your way out of the underworld in this roguelike dungeon crawler from the creators of Bastion and Transistor. Play in early access. This is a living game and active development. Expect regular updates with new features, events, characters, places, powers, and more. Yeah, this looked like a lot of fun. I was very much looking at this. Because all the games that they've made, Bastion, Transistor, Pyre, everything that Supergiant Games has made has been a lot of fun. I've, I've enjoyed all of their games that they've put out. Next up. We have a game from publisher 505 Games and developer Typhoon Studios. It is known as Journey to the Savage Planet, which is coming out in 2019 for PlayStation 4, Xbox One and PC. Journey to the Savage Planet is an upbeat first person adventure game set in a bright and colorful alien world filled with weird and wonderful creatures. As an employee of Kindred Aerospace, which proudly touts its rating as the quote unquote fourth best interstellar exploration company, Players will be dropped onto an uncharted planet deep in a fictitious faraway corner of the universe. Launched with high hopes but little equipment and no real plan, players are tasked with exploring, cataloging alien flora and fauna, and determining if the planet is fit for human habitation. I'm so interested in this. It was a good trailer. It definitely got a quote caught my eye. Yeah, I am so interested in it. Like, this is what I wanted No Man's Sky to actually be. When No Man's Sky originally came out, like exploring an alien planet, getting to know the life there, the plant life, the actual, you know, animal life and finding out if it's actually fit for human habitation. Now, I want to know what actually happens if the planet is fit for human life. Can you actually bring humanity there and do something that would be kind of neat? Or if it's not fit for human life, are you then able to go and explore a different planet and find one that is like is the ultimate ultimate like plan of the game to find a planet that humans can move to because earth is being destroyed by the inside out. Like, you know, earth is not going to last forever, whether we do no, won't whether we destroy it ourselves or whether the sun burns up and dies in a couple, you know, another 2 billion years, it's going to happen. Eventually earth will eventually be destroyed. Like we will need to find a new planet. The sun is going to burn out. This, they just Don't worry. We'll get some rockets and we'll shoot ourselves over to Alpha Centauri. We'll be fine. It okay? is. Well, that's where this game takes place. Alpha Centauri. That's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder if, you know, if the ultimate goal of the game is to find a planet to bring humanity to. And if the first one, and I wonder, obviously, is it randomly generated? Like the planet you go to, or is it the same for everybody? Like, there's so many unknowns I have about this game, but it seems so interesting. I want to play it. Coming up next, developer Galactic Game and Crows, Crows, Crows have announced the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe for consoles and PC. It will include new endings and new choices packaged with the original release. Uh, unfortunately for them, as they made a tongue in cheek note in the actual trailer, it comes out the same year as The Last of Us Part 2. And uh, that that trailer was hilarious. Go check that out. Very funny trailer where uh, they knew how when the game came out uh, in, you know, 20 was it 2012, 2013? I think it was 2012. Um, they made a joke how, you know, The Last of Us came out. No, it was 2013. 
it was 2013 because the last of us came out in 2013 in June. And then the November, uh, November was the PlayStation four. And then in June of 2014, the last of us remastered came out. So it was June of uh, 2013 when the Stanley parallel came out and they made a joke, how they kept losing all of the awards to yeah. the last of us one. And they're like, what do you mean? The last of us part two comes out in 2019 as well. Definitely a trailer worth, uh, worth watching because of the tongue in cheek references they make. there. just kind of making fun of not only themselves, but the industry as a whole. Uh, I will play that. I like the Stanley Parable. I think that's a fun game. So uh, this announcement here has me very much intrigued um, based on what it could end up being. And hopefully it's on, it's up on console. That's why I'm that's why I said I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm not invested yet because this could be a mobile game. But if it ends up on consoles, it's going to be fantastic. Square Enix has announced War of the Visions, Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, a new tactical RPG due out in 2019. A platform was not announced, but the release date is listed as a distribution date, which is the phrasing used for digital releases, including console and smartphone games. So based off everything we know, there's no way to tell if this is a console or a smartphone game. Uh, the only thing that we know is that the original Final Fantasy Brave Exvius is actually a smartphone game. It's one that I have played, but one that I didn't stick with. Uh, but this is a this if this releases on consoles, this could be a new Final Fantasy tactics type of game, which would be huge because it's been forever since we've gotten a tactics style game and everyone has been wanting Square Enix to not do another Final Fantasy tactics. So if this actually releases, even if it just releases on the switch, man, even if it was just the switch, this would be huge. So looking forward to seeing what this is. FJRD Interactive have announced a survival sandbox adventure game Among Trees for PC. What a pretty looking game. Fucking gorgeous, man. I was so enthralled by this game. Like, that is all I can say is this game is literally gorgeous. A vibrant first person survival adventure Among Trees is set in a colorful wilderness teeming with life. Uh, It says here, this is your little wood cabin located in the heart of a lush forest. The cabin is expandable. Build new rooms and unlock additional game mechanics, including food cooking, plant growing and tool crafting. You can do so many things exploring this world, surviving any way that you can just getting lost. Like it's like a like a survival sandbox adventure. Exactly what it says. I'm very much intrigued by this. I love these types of games. Uh, I always play them. I'm very much looking forward to Among Trees. I was very impressed by what we saw. So that is uh, that is something that is on my radar for sure. And high up on my radar, will I say for uh, for twenty nineteen. Uh, a game that Sean and I definitely want to jump into. Arc Survival Evolved developer Studio Wildcard have announced Atlas, a massively multiplayer first person pirate adventure for PC and Xbox One. The PC version actually comes out soon. It comes out on Thursday, December 13th, and the Xbox game preview version is due out in early 2019. Uh Atlas is a massively multiplayer first and third person fantasy pirate adventure, and it hosts up to 40,000 players exploring the same globe simultaneously with an unprecedented scale of cooperation and conflict. Stake your claim in this endless open world as you conquer territory, construct ships, search for buried treasure, assemble forts, plunder settlements, and hire crew to join your powerful growing armada. Start small, then expand your spheres of influence from a small island up to an unstoppable pirate empire that spans across the oceans. Wage battle against enemy fleets as you single-handedly can command large ships of war using the captaining system or divide up the responsibilities among your trusted uh, lieutenants or take control of any weapon directly with your own character. 
dive deep into the briny water to explore permanent sunken wrecks and recover salvage, unearth the loot from procedurally generated treasure maps and challenge zones, or complete challenging main quest lines. Team up with other aspiring adventurers and sail into the vast ocean to discover new lands rich with region-specific elements, tame exotic natural and mythical creatures, raid forgotten tombs, confront powerful ancient gods, and even build and administer your own colonies, cities, and civilizations to dominate the Atlas in this ultimate quest for fortune and glory. This sounds better than Sea of Thieves, I'll tell you that much right now. Like, this sounds fantastic. And Ark Survival Evolved is a great game. The fact that they're putting out a pirate MMO that is huge, like I said. 1,200 times larger than Ark. Yeah, 1,200 times. And they actually said that at the Game Awards, which is absolutely absurd. This game is massive. It's an MMO, so there's going to be raids, ongoing stuff to do. Uh... I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm really, really, really excited to see how this game ends up being. And it comes out on Thursday. So uh, based on the price, I'll actually probably pick it up this week. Hopefully, uh, I, you know, what? I probably won't uh, unless Sean and I know Sean is busy right now because he's currently moving. Uh, I do want to jump into this with him. Like I always really enjoy playing MMOs with Sean. Uh, so I'll probably wait till he's able to kind of jump in and settle down Uh We'll have some fun playing this. I, and your, I will definitely, your two paths will cross eventually. Well, we no, no, they will. They will start out simultaneously and uh, we will we will have some piratey adventures to talk about in the coming weeks and months, I'm sure, through Atlas. Another game that I was very much intrigued by, though, at the Game Awards, publisher Annapurna and Abzu developer Giant Squid have announced The Pathless for PlayStation 4 and PC launching sometime in 2019. Become the Hunter, a master of archery who travels to a mythical island to dispel a curse of mystical, not mythical, mystical island, to dispel a curse of darkness that grips the world. Forge a connection with your eagle companion as you hunt corrupted spirits, but be careful not to become the hunted yourself. Explore misty forests full of secrets, solve puzzles in ancient ruins, and test your skill in epic battles. The bond with your eagle and the fate of the world hang in the balance. Your eagle can go to hell because me and Douglas the Falcon are going to kick your ass. Well, myself uh, and my eagle. I'm going to love this game. Yeah. You actually <laughs> called this one Archer during the trailer at the Game Awards. It uh, looks like a lot of fun. Are you going to name your eagle Douglas as well? Are we going to have Douglas and Douglas? The Adventures yeah, of twin, Douglas? We can't have twin, twin Doug Lie. No way. Uh, Doug Lie. <laughs> Douglas and Douglas and Doug Lee. Or just name him a Douglas fir, dude. It's Christmas. Almost Christmas time. Just name him after the Christmas tree. A Douglas fir. A little bit of work. You know. One could be Douglas. One could be a Douglas fir. Uh, speaking of Annapurna. They were a little busy at the Game Awards because not only did they announce the Pathless, but they are also responsible for publishing our next game. Annapurna Interactive and Yearwalk developer Samigo. Samigo? I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna say that. They announced Sayonara Wild Hearts for Nintendo Switch and quote unquote other platforms. Uh, and they said the other platforms were not specified at current time. So I'm assuming that means PS4, Xbox One, and PC, but we don't know yet. Sayonara Wild Hearts is a euphoric music video dream about being awesome, riding motorcycles, skateboarding, dance battling, shooting lasers, wielding swords, and breaking hearts, all at 200 miles per hour. As the heart of a young woman breaks, the balance of the universe is disturbed. A diamond butterfly appears in her dreams and leads her through a highway in the sky where she finds her other self, the masked biker called the Fool. Traveling through futuristic cities, dark forests, and electric fo uh, deserts, the fool sets out to find the harmony of the universe hidden away in the hearts of her star-crossed allies. Little Death, Dancing Devils, Howling Moons, Stereo Lovers, and Hermit 64. This looks so freaking good. This looks so good. 
Absolutely, and they're advertising with buttery smooth gameplay at 1080p, 60 frames per second docked on the Switch. So. Yeah, which is going to be very cool. Uh, handheld mode 720-60, which would be still really, really cool. Virtually no loading times, they're saying, so that's actually really impressive. Plus, it's a retro wave style game, man, mixed with pop culture. I dig the aesthetic. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. Electric pop, dance, fashion, anime, arcade games, and subcultures are they're starting all included in this game. So uh, I'm very excited for this. I can't wait to play Sayonara Wild Hearts. It's going to be great. Well, speaking of Frank having to wait. Yeah, well, we have a little uh, we have a little thing here. Uh, SNK has announced that the King of Fighters 15 is currently in development and it will be planned for release sometime in 2020. Uh, whether that means if it's going to be a PS4 title, current gen or because they're waiting for 2020, I wonder if this is PS5. Is this next gen? I have no idea. They literally didn't announce anything else. All they said was, hey, guess what? We're working on the King of Fighters 15 and we're going to release it sometime in 2020. So that's all we know. Uh, so thank you, SNK, for letting us know. Uh, next time, give us some actual information because the King of Fighters 14 was fun. I really enjoyed that. And I do have a review up on the King of Fighters 14 over at leveldongames.com if you're interested because... Uh, First ever fighting game to give a 10 out of 10, so... No, no, I don't think that's true at all. I didn't give it a 10 out of 10. Uh, <laughs> we have two announcements that I wanted to pick out from the kind of funny showcase because we are recording this directly after the kind of funny showcase ended on Saturday. There were several things announced there. Don't get me wrong, but I only picked out two because I didn't want this segment to literally go an hour. Uh, publisher Funcom and developer Petroglyph have announced and this is I speculated on it when we actually watched the trailer. This actually is confirmed. It is a real time strategy game called Conan Unconquered for PC launching for Steam in quarter two, 2019. From the Star Wars Empire at War and Command and Conquer veterans at Petroglyph comes the first ever strategy game set in the barbaric world of Conan the Barbarian. Conan Unconquered is a strategy game set in the barbaric world of Conan the Barbarian, as we just said, where you must build your stronghold and assemble an unconquerable army to survive the savage hordes of Hyboria. Wave after wave of increasingly more difficult enemies will rush at your gates and you will need to manage resources, research new technologies to advance your defenses and recruit an ever growing army. If you are to save. Save, survive, utter destruction. Huh? OK, uh, you can. Yes, <laughs> you can choose to play the game entirely alone in single player, but Conan Unconquered can also be enjoyed in full two player co-op, allowing for a truly unique shared multiplayer experience. Players share a base, but both can freely construct new buildings and amass an army to reach their common goal. That's kind of neat. Similar to games such as They Are Billions, the enemy hordes will keep coming at you and how long you can resist the invasion depends entirely on your ability to build your stronghold and lead your army. Yeah. So many games, so many, so much talking. Gameplay <laughs> is real time, but you can also pause at any time to issue commands and start construction of new buildings. Battles will be bloody and savage with players having to deal with anything from fires raging through the stronghold to piles of corpses spreading death and disease. The savage horde is at your gates. Will you fall or will you remain unconquered? I'm pretty sure you'll fall, Frank. Pretty sure you'll fall. I don't play RTSs, so I would fall in a heartbeat. That's yeah, exactly what I was going to say. I would be so bad at this game. Uh, I like Conan games like I liked Age of Conan, which was an MMO. I like Conan, uh, you know, the the one that's the survival one, Conan Exiles on PC that I, myself. I thought, he was, I thought he was good on the Tonight Show. Oh, O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, he's good, too. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not a huge fan of real time strategy games. There are certain ones that I play, but I would be so bad at this. I'll probably end up skipping it. Our last game announcement is a localization announcement, as we always put in the game announcements as well. Uh, Project Judge, known over in Japan as Judge Eyes Shinigami no Yuigan, 
is going to launch for PlayStation 4 in North America and Europe in summer 2019 as simply Judgment. This was announced at the Kind of Funny Showcase by Sega and the Yakuza Studio. Uh, Judgment marks the first time in over 12 years that a game set in the Yakuza series universe has received an English dub for the Western release. The last one being the original Yakuza for the PlayStation 2 in 2006. As a result, some extra work was put into make Judgment's English dub a little more complex than most. Uh, Sega wanted to make sure that they preserved the original Japanese script of Judgment as faithfully as possible. Uh, so we're going to have dual audio. You'll be able to switch between Japanese and English voiceover tracks at any point during the game. Uh, there will be dual subtitles and a localization pedigree, uh, whatever that means. I have no idea. So, <laughs> but uh, I love the trailer that they, sh- that they showed during the kind of funny game showcase. It was really, really well done. Um, they're using several big names. Yeah, yeah, they have a, they're using several big name actors. Uh, very much looking forward to this. I'm glad this is getting like star treatment over here like i don't even know a way better way to put this but uh sega has been actually refocused lately on bringing all these japanese games over to north america like the yakuza remakes like we sega didn't used to be so gung-ho about this but for whatever reason they are now and i love it and i don't want it to stop so whatever changed i don't care but i'm so happy that uh that we're getting this game and yeah this will be probably one of my most anticipated titles of the summer i'm not even gonna lie Uh, This game looks fantastic. We have no sales and revenue to talk about, but we do have one tease and leak to get to here. And it actually comes from a studio that I'm very happy to talk about. And that is Falcom. So Falcom Mm -hmm. has launched a teaser website for something called Project NOX. Uh, The website features a countdown that ends on December 19th at 1500 Japanese standard times. That would be 3 p.m. over in Japan. The text, the text simply says, I had a dream found out the truth in a prison called a cradle. And there's an image that if you click on the link that I put in the script, you'll be able to see it. It's kind of like a dark Gothic girl with chains and flowers and really kind of cool looking art style. But um, what we know is that Falcom previously said it has multiple console games due out by September, 2019 including a new ease title. This is not ease because we know no, that I have, I, have, I have a theory already just by, by the, the title. What is it? Uh, Project NOX. So in Japan, Tokyo is Nippon. Okay. X is Xanadu. Tokyo Xanadu. Um, as, 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 as Nippon, t- Tokyo. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Um, I'm hoping that's the case because I would love this to be Tokyo Xanadu too. No, I'm just going to start to dig through comments, see if anyone caught what I feel. It looks like people are talking about Xanadu, but it looks like some people are maybe talking about something new as well. And either whatever the case may be, Falcon makes great games. They make The Legend of Heroes, you know, Trails in the Sky, Trails of Cold Steel. They made Tokyo Xanadu. They make Ease. I love everything they do. I think they are the best JRPG developer out there right now. Like they're the best Japanese role playing game developer in my personal opinion, but that is shared across actual lovers of JRPGs as well. Justin included, uh, you know, no one touches Falcom right now. It used to be Square Enix, but nobody touches Falcom right now. We know. I mean, all, all, all Square Enix has going for them right now is the graphics. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we know that Ease 9 is in development and it is a direct continuation of Ease 8 starring Adol. So this is not Ease 9. I'm hoping you're right that this is Tokyo's Anadu 2 because I would lose my shit 
people are saying you're saying Night of Xanadu, which uh, whatever that, that works too. Night of Xanadu would be cool. Like as long as it's something Xanadu, man, and as long as it is in the same style as Tokyo Xanadu. Like the game that I played recently, I have a review up for it at LeveldownGames.com. There's a review on our YouTube channel. Go check out the video review. Uh, this was end of last year. I put this up, but it was like a mix between Ease and Trails and Persona. Like it was everything from all these different genres that I absolutely loved in JRPG universe. Uh, Tokyo Xanadu, one of my favorite games of last year. So as long as this is something similar to that, I will be ecstatic. Uh, so just number 19th is a Wednesday. 3 p.m. That means we might get this information late Tuesday night here in North America. I don't know exactly how the time translates to what time it is over in Japan as it is here on the east coast of of the U.S. But uh, I have to assume that this means we will get the information either late Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning. 1 a.m. So it's 1 a.m. over in Japan right now. 1 1 a.m. here. Okay, so. Okay, so 1 a.m. here. So, uh, yeah, I'll still be awake and I will be eagerly anticipating to see what this is when it is revealed on their website. Can't wait. Uh, We have no DLC related news and no delays to talk about. So that's going to bring us to our random news section where we have a couple more things to talk about. One of the things here was the perhaps one of the biggest things announced, if not the biggest thing announced at the Game Awards. It was definitely the most surprising. Like this is this. Nobody literally saw this coming. And literally, there's so many. Go check out our reaction video to this. But there's so many reaction videos on YouTube of this. of people literally, you know, Tim Gettys from Kind of Funny breaking uh, Maximo Cortez's laptop. And like just so many different things that happened to people because of this one big announcement. Joker from Persona 5 will be joining the cast of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate as a playable character via the Challenge Pack 1 downloadable content. Uh, a total of five challenge packs will be planned uh, for 2019. Each one will cost $5.99 and include one new playable character, one new stage, and a handful of music tracks. You can also purchase the Fighters Pass for $24.99, which will grant access to all five challenger packs. And as Frank reminded me before we started recording, you can actually buy those with your uh, gold coins from the My yes. Nintendo Reward Program. So, And if you buy if you buy the challenger pack, you also get a uh, Rex from Monster Hunter uh, costume for your no Rex is from Xenoblade Chronicles 2 but, I, but I know what you meant uh, but yeah you actually get that for your Mii Fighter uh, they announced a kind of like an overview of Joker if you're unfamiliar the Persona games are a spinoff of the popular Shin Megami Tensei franchise which has a long and storied history in the world of video games with many of the games appearing on Nintendo systems sporting an iconic mask and a variety of weapons Joker is the main character of Persona 5 a beloved game that won best role-playing game and was nominated for game of the year during the Game Awards 2017. And if you look uh, look behind me up on the wall, right up, uh, what is that? Right over here is a mask that actually Jessica painted for me last year of the Persona 5 mask from Joker. So uh, obviously Persona's by far one of my favorite JRPG franchises out there. Uh, Persona 5, in my opinion, is one of the best games ever made. I absolutely love Persona 5. And Joker, for being the main protagonist of just Persona 5, it's crazy how much people love this character. So much so that Nintendo literally reached out to Atlas and Sega to get this character in Smash Brothers. Um, A lot of people are speculating this is confirmation, quote unquote, that the game is coming to the Switch. Because just like we have Cloud in Smash Brothers, Final Fantasy VII is eventually, not the remake, but the original Final Fantasy VII is coming to Nintendo Switch in 2019. You know, man, uh, my boy, my spirit animal, Reggie, said that this spider pack, all these characters are going to be like, oh my god. I can't believe they got them in the game kind of characters. So. Yeah. So this one right here, this one right here while you're watching this. No, literally when you, see, when, 
Well, when they said invite, I'm like, oh, my God, smash. Like, yeah. And I, and I told you, no, immediately. I said, like, no, there's no way, because I didn't think that I would like that's not a character I ever would have anticipated being in Smash Brothers. I was thinking that this was going to be like the the golden or, you know, type of announcement where it's like a Persona 5 with new content coming to Switch. I did think that, but I would have never guessed this is actually coming to uh, to Smash Brothers or oh, just your, Joker. Your, your, your face when the, when he throws the invite up and it has a Smash Brothers seal on it. I know you because like, I know you can't see me while we're watching this. But did you actually go back and watch it? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, I was so shocked, but I'm so happy at the same time. But now that we know that all these characters are like, oh, my God, moments. Is Waluigi really an oh, my God, moment? I don't know that it is. I feel like he'll probably be a free deal. So if it, yeah. if it all. I, I, I really do feel like he's not going to be included in the fighter pass. And I really do think that Nintendo is troll enough to where they'll put out all five characters before they actually announce Waluigi. So I, I think that they might make people wait for Waluigi because he is the most anticipated character for Smash Brothers. But yeah, I'm definitely curious and hopefully we'll find out what each DLC character is months in advance like we did with Joker, because it definitely gives us something to talk about and something to look forward to. Obviously, not the first character we're going to get, though, I'm from really, Nintendo. I'm really hoping and fingers crossed because Bandai Namco... You know, oh, you're still hoping for Goku. Goku would be oh my god Goku. moment. Goku would Goku. be an oh my god. Yeah, Goku would be another oh my god. And I have no problem with him coming with the Echo Fighter or Vegeta. That would be cool too. That would be cool too. Um, if as long as you register your cart of Super Smash Brothers, whether you bought the physical or the digital edition, as long as you register it through my Nintendo, just remember to do that by January 31st, 2019, so you unlock the Piranha Plant in February. I'm so upset that I didn't know that you can do that. You didn't. So I have two. I have two games I never registered. Oh, you mean you didn't know you could actually get the coins? Didn't know it. I had no idea. But you can do it now. But yeah, I'm assuming you've already done it, right? You, you can't do it for Breath of the Wild. I, I can't do it for Breath of the Wild or Odyssey because they're older games. You only have a year to register. Oh, OK. That sucks. I went back and I went back and I put all my other games in and you know, got, got my coins for them. OK, yeah, I, I've been doing it since the start. So I didn't know you didn't know that. I was what I told you. Um. This is cool right here, though. Our next little bit of random news. Hajime Tabata, who directed Final Fantasy 15 and left his position as studio head of Square Enix's Luminous Productions on October 31st, has announced the establishment of a new company called JP Games. Quote, I started up my own company called JP Games. Right now, we are preparing for a Target 2019 launch. And to everyone who has assisted me until today, I kindly ask for your ongoing support. Further information was not announced. He announced this on Facebook. So his new studio is called JP Games. I'm hoping that he will be making Japanese role-playing games. That's what I want him to make. How? How is he going to How is he going to pump out a game? He said this, this happened October 31st. Yeah. And he wants a game January 2019? No, it's that we are pre preparing a target January 2019 launch for the company. Oh. <laughs> Brian, come on now. I'm like, how is that going to happen? It's you, not. You there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the company is, he's expecting to get the company off the ground in January 2019. Fair. Right now, Fair. it's just a name. As there's no okay. actual probably there's not even a studio right now. It's just a name. Okay. But I do hope that he has somebody funding this. I hope that there's somebody actually backing him, whether it's Bandai Namco, whether it's uh, it wouldn't be Square Enix, but whether it's Sony, whether it's Nintendo. I hope that somebody is funding Hajime Tabata's JP games. Well, that would be fine, too. I don't care. Needs, Microsoft needs a Japanese RPG. Uh, they studio. do. They absolutely do. I just hope that because Hajime Tabata saved Final Fantasy 15. He did. He made the game great. He saved it. 
I'm hoping that somebody is actually pumping money into the studio to actually, you know, whether if it's an indie studio and he's funding it himself, that's fine. I'm sure the games he makes, because they'll be on a smaller scale without the big budgets, they would still be good games. But I'm hoping that this is funded by an actual company pumping money into this to give us good JRPG games. Like, that's what I want. So really much looking forward to seeing what JP Games ends up being. Uh, maybe we'll know more January 2019, maybe February after we know what the company is going to be. I don't know when they're going to announce the first game, who's going to be on the staff. Maybe he tries to get some people from Square Enix that he worked with. That would be kind of cool. But I uh, really want to see what the studio ends up being. I think this could be really good news for uh, for the industry. So we'll have to see. Uh, our last bit of random news this week in the Weekly Scoop News Report. So we are finally made it through the 24 things. We are an hour and 20 minutes into this episode, apparently. According to the time of recording. So like I told you, man, I knew I knew that this was going to be a very long time and about an hour worth of the uh, about the news report this week. Uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System Nintendo Switch online app is going to add the adventures of Lolo Ninja Gaiden and Wario's Woods on December 12th, which is uh, Wednesday. So those games are coming on Wednesday to the Netflix app. Um, Brian, did you always call it Ninja Gaiden? Like yeah. Even before. Yeah. Not that. It was always Ninja Gaiden in my household. Oh, is it? Is it? It actually is called Ninja Gaiden, right? Oh, you're, you're, it's absolutely the right way to say. Yeah, it. but uh, yeah. No, I've always called it Ninja Gaiden, so I don't know why. That's just how I've always pronounced it. Just, just, just like uh, it was always Ryu, not Ryu, until you know. Why? Well, and and but I now I did say Ryu. I I didn't actually know it was. I I actually didn't start saying. I, I mean, I, people make fun of me. I used to say Shenmue, and it's not Shenmue. It's Shenmue. Well, it is how it is, man. I I have a friend who was like um. Used to call uh, the the bad guy in X Men Magneto until we knew better, until we actually heard it. Because you never heard this idea that said a lot. You only ever read it. Okay, now that I did used to say Magneto. So, well, yeah, well, it's it's easy in hindsight though, you know. It's yeah, no, I know, I know, but I'm just saying like there are certain things that, uh, there are certain things that I've pronounced wrong, but there are certain things that I was always surprised that I actually was pronouncing right. Um, I'm this is a good batch of games here. I like all three of these games. Adventures of Lobo is fun. Wario's Woods is great, and Ninja Gaiden is fantastic. So I'm I'm looking forward to these three games coming on Wednesday. Uh, these are three games that I'll definitely will play this week. Uh, man, I might play Wario's Woods first. I I like that game a lot. I really do like that game a lot. It's a good puzzle game. Yeah, it's definitely a fun puzzle game. Uh, just because of all the game announcements we had, we do have several release dates to get through here. Several games got their release dates confirmed. We're gonna Ten quickly, games. yeah, we're gonna quickly fly through these. Uh, Quarantine Circular is now available for Nintendo Switch. That was announced at the Kind of Funny Games Showcase. Um, so that's the one that was like the text messaging type game, like uh, you, one of the ones, there's several that were shown, but uh, one of the ones that kind of looked like it was text messaging where you're picking things. You can download it now. It's available on the Switch. I don't know if it's free. I don't know if there's a price. I have no idea, but it is available now for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, below is coming on December 14th, which has been in long development. So I'm looking forward to finally checking that out. Uh, Jessica's excited about this. London Detective Mysteria is launching on December 18th here in North America. That's a new visual novel coming from uh, Exceed. So that's that's exciting. After Charge is launching on January 10th, 2019. Invisible robots. Yeah, <laughs> Invisible Robots. Vane is launching on January 15th, 2019. That's the one where you're flying around as like a bird and you can land on weather vanes. That's kind of neat. Uh, a game that I'm very much looking forward to. Why? Uh, why? One one K or why? I I K. How you want to say it? Yik. Yike. Or if it is just why? I I K. I have no idea. It's a postmodern JRPG. Why? Two K. Oh, there you go. That's what it is. Why? I I K. 
There you That's go. what it is. We're, That's why we're smart. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, postmodern RPG launching January 17th, 2019 at Sundown, which is the game where it's like a hide and seek shooter launching on January 22nd, 2019. Code Realize Wintertide Miracles, another Visual novel that Jessica is very much looking forward to. Code realizes her is that's her favorite uh, visual novel series. Uh, the next game in that is coming out here in North America, February 14th, 2019. Valentine's Day present. Absolutely. And then our last confirmed announcement this week. No, we have two more. Uh, Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove launches March 1st, 2019. Hoping that ends up being good. Still not convinced it will be, but we'll have to see what it is. And the biggest one probably announced this week. Rage 2 will be launching May 14th, 2019. And I hope that ends up being good, too. Uh, it can't be any worse than Fallout 76. But all those games, except for Quarantine, Circular, Below, and London Detective Mysteria, they are all so far away. January 10th is the closest one, and that's still a month away. May is literally six months away. Let's talk about what's releasing this week. And the new releases for the week of December 10th, 2018. And not much. A couple games coming out this week. Uh, yeah, it's and, a time of year. Yeah, as we get into the holidays now, we're going to get less and less. Uh, several games coming out. Well, not several. Again, a couple games coming out this week. We're skipping over today, Monday, December 10th. We're moving on to tomorrow, Tuesday, December 11th. We have two games coming out total. The first one coming exclusively right now to PlayStation 4, Earth Defense Force 5. Humanity, fight against fate. Now begins the ultimate battle between huge aliens and the EDF, the Earth Defense Force. EDF. Love that, dude. I, that, those, these games are so fun. The world's very existence is at stake with this war. The year 2022. A case was taking place in the base 228 of EDF. Deep underground, the huge facility was invaded and people were attacked by unknown monsters. At the same time, a gigantic mothership flew around the world and began attacking without discrimination. These games, like I said, you're battling giant spiders and giant ants and aliens and BDE5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But shout out to uh, 10 Second Songs. That, that BDE is a, a great song. Uh, <laughs> EDF, EDF is a fun game. You know, I uh, I really do enjoy these. I, I typically always play them. I don't usually stick around, though. Like I play through them once, get through the story, and then that's it for me. Uh, next game coming on Tuesday, December 11th to PC, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Kingdom, Two Crowns. What's your pinky up for? What are you doing? Should we talk about this game? We have to have our pinkies up. <laughs> In the award-winning Kingdom series, players took on the role of a monarch struggling to build their kingdom up from nothing. Hundreds of thousands of players across the world explored, recruited loyal subjects, and defended nightly against the persistent threat of the greed. But they did so in isolation. And as with all things in Kingdom, nothing lasts until now. Kingdom Two Crowns built upon the challenging micro-strategy experience with an evolution of the celebrated franchise. Introducing the brand new campaign mode, monarchs must now work to build a kingdom that stands over time until finding a way to defeat the greed for good. Recruit new unit types and develop advanced technologies to bolster your defenses. Explore fresh environments to discover new mounts and secrets hidden in the deep. Revisit and revitalize your kingdom in its entirety as you move onward through the campaign. But you don't have to rule alone. Introducing a cooperative play experience that is totally unique to Kingdom Two Crowns. Monarchs can now choose between a classic solo experience or seek the assistance of a friend, working together locally or online, dropping in or out at will. A challenge awaits all who seek it here, whether you are a first-time ruler or a long-time fan. 
So be brave, great monarchs, for in the end, two crowns shall reign stronger than one. I'm looking forward to this. Great pixelated art style. Uh, this game looks fun. Frankistan and Bryansville form together to create the land of level down games. Yeah. There you go. There you yeah, go. But so I thought I thought we eradicated Frankistan earlier in the show. I thought we got rid of it. You know, you're gonna be you're gonna be taken to the Hague for your war crime. Just trying to get rid of my people. <laughs> uh, moving on to Wednesday, December twelfth, we have another game coming out to PC called Insurgency Sandstorm. Insurgency Sandstorm is a team-based tactical first-person shooter based on lethal close quarters combat and objective-oriented multiplayer gameplay. Sequel to the indie breakout FPS Insurgency, Sandstorm is reborn, improved, expanded, and bigger in every way. Experience the intensity of modern combat where skill is rewarded and teamwork wins the fight. Prepare for a hardcore depiction of combat with deadly ballistics, light attack vehicles, destructive artillery, and HDR audio, putting the fear back into the genre. Uh, not looking forward to this. Don't really care. Um, this will probably do somewhat well. This is a game that a lot of people will probably be interested in that like first-person shooters and, you know, these types of games, but just not my cup of tea. Uh, skipping over Thursday, December 13th, we'll move on to Friday, December 14th. Something you may pick up this week. I don't know. Well, Maybe okay. you will. Okay, Let perfect. This week, but I will be getting this game. Okay, coming to PlayStation VR. It's Borderlands 2 VR. The iconic shooter looter gets in your face. Virtually immerse yourself in the untamed world of Borderlands. Step into the boots of a treasure-seeking vault hunter armed with 87 bazillion guns on a quest to line your pockets with loot. Blast bandits with real-world aiming, punch psychos in the mouth, race across the desert and stole abandoned vehicles, and free Pandora from Handsome Jack's clutches. Pretty cool. You have to let me know how it is when you actually play it. Pick of the week. What are you going with? Uh, Borderlands 2 VR. Okay, I'm going to go Kingdom 2 Crowns. I think that's what I'm most looking forward to this week. Uh, I did play the original Kingdom. I did enjoy it, but uh, looking to see what they do here with the sequel to Kingdom 2 Crowns. Uh, a light week, as I said, EDF five, I'm sure will be good. Uh, the only thing that I really don't care that much about this week is Eternity Sandstorm. Like I, I'm most excited for Kingdom Two Crowns. I will play through Earth Defense Force five. And if I had a PlayStation VR, I'd probably pick up Borderlands 2 VR as well. So uh, while it's a small week, it's not a bad week, not a bad little week. So there you go. Frank's pick of the week is Borderlands 2 VR and mine is Kingdom Two Crowns. Let's talk THQ Nordic. Let's talk about THQ Nordic here for a minute. And the reason I want to talk about THQ Nordic this week is because a new story broke. I didn't have it in the Weekly Scoop News report, but a new story broke earlier this past week that THQ Nordic has acquired the Carmageddon intellectual property from Stainless Games. And uh, the last game we got from the Carmageddon franchise was in, uh, what was this? Um, Carmageddon Reincarnation was released for PC in 2015. And an updated version was released for PS4 and Xbox One as Carmageddon Max Damage in July 2016. But Carmageddon was a standalone game that came out in PC or for PC in 1997. But that's not why we're talking about this. I don't care about Carmageddon. It was a fun game. Sure, Carmageddon was fun, but I don't care about that. The reason I want to talk about THQ Nordic is because I think this company is going to implode. Really? I yeah, I do. I do. I think they are doing too much. Um... And I know you said that uh, you had some things to say about THQ Nordic as well, but I don't know. I, I don't know if they're positive or negative. So I'm going to let you go first and then I'm going to counterbalance everything you said, because I'm assuming you're going to be more positive than me. Uh, I love THQ Nordic. I really do. Um, 
I know it sounds a bit of a joke, but they, they buy up everything and they're they're saving the video game industry. A lot of these IPs are sitting dead. Now, to, to Brian's kind of realms, they'll probably stay dead forever. That's one of the things I'm going to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. One of the things I'm going to talk about. Yep. I mean, but THQ Nordic, we have time splitters. We can get a new time splitters game out of them. How awesome is that going to be? You know, uh, maybe you can pick up PsyOps. You don't know. No one knows. No one knows except for THQ Nordic. Uh, but are they going to still be a company long enough to actually buy those IPs is the question. <laughs> they have limitless funds. I don't think they have limitless funds. I don't think they have limitless funds. Uh, I don't know how they have so many actual how much money that I don't I don't get it uh, because THQ Nordic originally was Nordic Games and yeah. it is a video game publisher based in Vienna over there in, you know, Austria, Austria. Vienna, Austria. Yeah. Uh, they must have a billionaire backing this company. They have to. Oh, it has to be. But my point between them is, don't you think they could just kind of float forever on just remastering the classics that they, they have that they have the rights to? I don't know. No, I actually don't think they can because they still have to spend money to remaster the classics and put them out and publish them and, you know, license them and put them out on discs. And actually they actually have to pay. They have over a thousand employees. According to Wikipedia in 2018, they have one thousand and twenty one employees at THQ Nordic. They have to pay all those people. They have to put they have to. How how did how did Darksiders do? Dark. uh, I don't think they've actually released sales numbers yet because Darksiders just came out two weeks ago. I don't think we actually have or not even two weeks ago. Uh, it'll be two weeks ago as a timer of the, when the episode releases. But I don't think we have sales numbers yet. Um, I liked it. I thought Darksiders was good, but a lot of people said that it wasn't nearly as good. And I agree. Wasn't nearly as good as one and two. And I think it even sold less as one and two. But I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm sure we'll get sales numbers sometime in the coming weeks and we can update based off of that. But uh, I don't think uh, I don't think it's going to sell nearly as well. But I want to talk about what they're doing here. In February 2018, we talked about this early in the year, THQ Nordic acquired Kosh Media. It's actually up for a nomination at our Level Down Games Awards for a shocking moment of the year because Kosh Media was a huge media company. Uh, They were a German-Austria media enterprise started in February 1994. And that Kosh Media owned Deep Silver. So Deep Silver then, because they owned Saints Row, that get back under Saints Row became under the THQ label once again, because after THQ went bankrupt, Nordic Games ended up buying everything that pretty much everything that they could from THQ, including the name THQ back in uh, back in 2013. Um, and then they actually renamed themselves in 2015 as uh, THQ Nordic. Let me tell you everything that they own. This is ridiculous. THQ Nordic. In 2011, they acquired the following IPs or games. Aquinox, Alien Nations, Beam Breakers, Chaser, Cold Zero, Europa 1400 The Guild, Freakout Extreme Freeride, Gothic, Itch, K-Hawk Survival Instinct, Legend of K, Neighbors from Hell, Panzer Elite, Pusher, Rally Trophy, Railroad Pioneer, Soldner Secret Wars, Space Force Rogue Universe, Spell Force, The Nations, Yoga Wii, <laughs> Zax the Alien Hunter, Animates, Besieger, Castleween, Domination, Dunes of War, Dungeon Lords, Emergency Fire Response, Enigma Rising Tide, First Battalion, Genesis Rising the Universal Crusade, Harbinger, Painkiller, Pax Romana, Project Earth, Riddle of the Sphinx and Egyptian Adventure, Rock Manager, <laughs> bad game, Safe Cracker, Stealth Combat, Superpower, The Forgotten It Begins, The Golden Horde, Traitor's Gate, Aura, Fate of the Ages, 
Crystal Key, Dirk Fall, Dead Reefs, Dracula Origin, Echo, Secrets of the Lost Cavern, Evidence, The Last Ritual, Forever Worlds, Enter the Unknown, Hans, Christian Anderson, The Ugly Prince Duckling, Keepsake, <laughs> Missing Since January, Missing the 13th Victim, Murder in the Abbey, Mysterious Journey 2, Next Life, Nibiru, Outcry, Postmortem, Return to Mysterious Island, Safe Cracker, The Ultimate Puzzle Adventure, Sentinel, Descendants in Time, The Black Mirror, The Book of Unwritten Tales, The Cameron, The Cameron Files, The Egyptian Prophecy, The Experiment, The Moment of Silence, The Mystery of the Mummy, The Omega Stone, Riddle of the Sphinx 2, The Sacred Rings, Traitor's Gate 2, Cypher, Voyage, Inspired by Jules Verne, All-Star Cheer Squad, All-Star Karate, Alter Echo, Oh, no, no, actually, sorry. We're in 2013 now. Voyage, inspired by Jules, was the last thing they inquired in 2011. Now, we're going to move on to 2013. All-Star Cheer Squad, All-Star Karate, Alter Echo, Baja, Edge of Control, Battle of the Bands, Beat City, Big Beach Sports, Big Family Games, Crawler, Darksiders, The Blob, Deadly Creatures, Deep Six, Destroy All Humans, Dudes, Big Adventure, Elements of Destruction, Fantastic Pets, Frontlines, Fuels of War, Full Spectrum Warrior, Juiced, Locks Quest, MX vs. ATV, Neighborhood Games, Pax Imperia, Eminent Domain, Red Faction, Splashdown, Stuntman, Summoner, Terranium, The Outfit, Titan Quest, You Draw, World of Zoo, Desperado, Wanted Dead or Alive, Silver, 2014, Codename Panzers, Cold War, Cold War, 15 Days, Curse of the Ghost Ship, Overclocked, A History of Violence, The Mystery of the Druids, 2015, Men of Valor, Bridge Project, Citadels, Jagged Alliance, North and South, Panzer Tactics DS, Thunder Wolves, Nexus, The Jupiter Incident, Codename Panzers, Impossible Creatures. 2016. Big Bang Racing, Black Knight Sword, Imperium Galactica, Liberty Wings, Sign Mora, Scarabius, Peril, Pearls of Nile, Sky Drift, You Brain, sure, Armored Fist, Black Fire, Delta Force, Comanche, F 16, Multi Role Fighter, F 22, Lightning 2, Jigsaw, The Ultimate Electronic Puzzle. Joint Operations, Typhoon Rising, uh, MIG-29 Fulcrum, Tashion, The Fringe, Ultrabots, Wolfpack, Sphinx, and The Cursed Mummy, Legends of War, War Leaders, Clash of Nations. In 2017, Rad Rogers, Gianna Sisters, Helderado, Rogue Stormers, Fret Nice, Kill to Collect, Puzzle Geddon, Robosurf, Robbie Tumblr. And so far, in 2018, 1940s, Aces of the Luftwaffle, Apocalypse, Bouncing Bandit, Clouds and Sheep, Devils and Demons, Dynamite Fishing, Farm Invasion USA, Epic Battle Dude, Guns and Glory, Happy Vikings, Hidden Temple, I Slay Zombies, Infect, with the, only the C's capitalized, My Fitness, Ninja Hero Cats, Panzer Panic, Photo Party Puzzle, Pick by Watch, Rocket Island, Save the Puppies, Stage Dive Legends, Stunt Kite Masters, Super Party Sports, Townsmen, Vegas Fruit Slots, Watch Face, Second Sight, Time Splitters, Kingdoms of Amalore, Reckoning, Act of War, Alone in the Dark, Wreckfest, Goat Simulator, Sanctum, Satisfactory, Expeditions Conquistador, Expeditions Viking, and most recently, Carmageddon. Who the fuck needs that many IPs, dude? Who needs that many IPs? Nobody! There isn't a Capcom, single- Capcom has that many IPs? No, they don't! Capcom doesn't have 130 plus IPs. I just listed yeah, about the... 130 IPs to you. Yeah, but- they're they're buying these things so they can make the new things like we're getting Sphinx and the Curse Mummy next year. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we aren't. We got a remaster. And that's it. That's all we're going to get. 
You need the tease before you get the whole thing. No, you don't. And you're making that up because it wasn't even announced. All we're getting is a Nintendo Switch version in 2019 of the same game that we played back in 2003 that wasn't even that good to begin with. Well, Brian, I'm trying to think like THQ Nordic, okay, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, uh, that just proves that you think stupidly. <laughs> well, did they, they put out did they put out the uh, the remaster of uh, Dark, uh, Dark Stalkers, and now, now we have Dark Stalkers 3, so there you go. Dark Siders, first of all. Um, Dark Stalkers, they own that too now. No, they don't. They haven't bought that yet, but don't give them any ideas because they probably <laughs> will. Uh no, the <laughs> and OK, that's actually something I want to mention here. You actually hit the nail right on the head. The only new game THQ Nordic has put out. Ever. Is Darksiders 3. That's you it. mean like you mean like buying an IP and then putting a new Correct. The series? Correct. Yep. The only new game that they've put out is Darksiders 3. Now they have Buy a Mutant coming out in 2019. That's a new game and actually a new IP. That's actually cool. I'm OK with that. I like Biomutant looks great. I think Biomutant looks like fun. Looks like a great Legend of Zelda type experience. I'm excited for Biomutant. You just put out Sunset Overdrive, what, last month? Mm, that's, they published it for Microsoft on the physical edition, I believe. Or okay, on PC. Okay. No, they published the PC version of Sunset Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive is a Microsoft IP. Like, Microsoft owns that, but they didn't oh, want to... So, so they did a distribution for it, though? Yeah, they distributed it for okay. Microsoft, yeah. So they, ha they have, like, a partnership to distribute... And, and it's not just Sunset Overdrive. Uh, it's certain other games that they're putting out as well for Microsoft. I forget exactly what they're putting out for them, uh, but they're doing certain games with uh, Microsoft, like the distribution rights, so... Oh, wow, I just pulled up a list. You're all right. Wow, this... That Dark Siders 3 is the first thing they've... Yeah, no, no, I, okay. I know I know I'm right. <laughs> like, but... but, Brian, but, but Brian, that, don't be that guy, okay? No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being that guy, but like re reading through the list of the acquisitions that they've made since 2011, everything I just mentioned, there hasn't been a new game that came out. That's why I knew that Dark Siders 3 was the first a new IP, and that was just off the top of my head, knowing that because of the literally the list of games that I read. I want another Time Splitters. I want a sequel to Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. I would like another Wreckfest. I would like another Alone in the Dark. Uh, so many, I, you know, there's these games. I, w I want another Rad Rogers, Giano Sisters. Um, Man, do you think they're going to start putting out, like, compilations? Yeah, because that's the next best things to remasters. Probably. I, I feel like that's all this company is going to do. And it, it really does bother me that they're buying all these IPs just to do that. Now, granted, I guess you could say that these IPs were just going to sit there and lost in time forever because no one was going to do anything with them anyway. But why are you spending money to buy these IPs? And, and THQ Nordic has actually came out and officially said on the record, we have no interest in doing things with these IPs. Some of the things they're buying, they have no interest in putting out a game for. They have no interest in doing anything except owning their rights to the game. Why? Residual residuals, and then if someone wants to make the game, you can license it to them. So it's it's kind of like playing the long game. It's like the stock market. They're becoming a joke. I don't. Uh, do do we like it? Absolutely no. not. No. no, of course we wouldn't like. You know who would like that? You know, but it makes sense. Like if you own, if you somehow manage to finagle your rights to own Super Mario Brothers three. First of all, you can't. You have to own the entire Super Mario Brothers IP. Of course you own it. Okay, who cares? <laughs> okay, so, so somehow through some kind of magic, you got the Mario Brothers rights. Okay. Now, you and I, we're not making a Mario Brothers game. No. Uh, I don't know about you, but I don't have the skill. I do, but I, I'm not making it. But if Nintendo wanted to turn around and do Mario, yeah, I can license it to you. I could, you, know, you could pay me. It's business. It's not the kind of business I like. I don't think it's smart business because <sighs> for a while there, 
everyone was excited about Nordic Games. They bought the THQ IPs. They, it, I mean, people liked THQ. THQ made the same mistake that THQ Nordic is making now. THQ was buying all these games. They were buying these IPs. They were putting out these lackluster games. And it eventually cost them their company. They went bankrupt over this. They went bankrupt for the same reason that THQ Nordic is now following in that path. If you look on Reddit, if you look on Reset Era, these forums are now turning THQ Nordic into a joke, saying it is only a matter of time before they literally become the company that they bought and they took the name of. They are going to implode and become bankrupt just like THQ did. Like, I, I think they need, to, and I said this before, the last time they bought stuff, just stop. 2019, don't buy a goddamn thing in 2019. Let, just take what you have. You know they're not going to. You know they're they're probably going to add 100 new IPs to their catalog in 2019. They're probably going to buy electronic arts. I have no idea. They're probably going to buy EA. They're probably going to do something stupid in 2019. Ooh. Yeah, they're going to do something stupid in 2019. They're going to release their own console. <laughs> they're going to. Yeah, they're going to buy Microsoft and put out the Xbox Scarlet. Also, also the, the first official game that they put out on an IP was MX or CTV Wallout. Oh, that, yeah, that's true. That but, game but, sucked, but, 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 but nobody but, remembers yeah, that game. No cares. Nobody uh, remembers have, that. And they do have upcoming. You know, they, they signed a deal with Monster Jam, so they're going to put out the Monster Jam game soon. Those games always suck, too. It's <laughs> talking smack about Rainbow Studios. I get it. I get it. The, the first actual original game that they're putting out that I'm excited for is Biomutant. Yeah. Like, I'm looking forward to that. I think it looks good. I hope it plays well. Uh, I liked, I, I will be the first. I liked Darksiders 3. I thought that game was fun. I thought Darksiders 3 was, it didn't deserve all the hate that it got from the industry. It didn't deserve all the hate that it got from certain content creators. I thought it was fun. But they're a brand new company, THQ Nordic. I mean, August 2016, I mean, is when they were founded. Because we're only talking as THQ Nordic. Nordic Games has been around since 2011. Okay, well, still seven years. They're still, they're still a fledgling company. Gives them some time to build in something better. Maybe they'll actually will, you know, do you know, use these IPs for good, not evil. I hope. I don't think so. I think I think you're just kind of looking at it optimistically and hope and wishful thinking I, I, there. I'm, I'm I'm ever the optimist. You know that. I yeah, but I think that in in the world of gaming and in the, in this industry and in, in just business in general. You kind of just have to rest on what you have for a little bit. Like if you keep buying more, eventually you're just going to implode. Like you can only fit so much stuff in your body. Otherwise you explode. Also, THQ Nordis, uh, spell for socks. They what? I'm just letting them know that spell for socks. Just like, right oh, spell for bad game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad game, bad game. Eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I just hope that this, uh, I hope that they stop, man. They really need to stop. They have to slow down on what they're doing. They have to stop buying IPs and they just have to put games out, like do things. Now you put out Darksiders three. It was good. A lot of people didn't like it. A lot of critics bash that game. Take what you did with there. Learn from your mistakes. Do Darksiders four. But right now, focus your efforts on Biomutant. Pick one other IP that you own and put out a game on that one, too. Make start. First of all, start making good games. Start making games that are good, that you're releasing on a regular basis. And then if these games are doing well, use the funds you get from those games selling to then go out and do more. Put out a new time splitters. Put out a new time splitters. That game will sell well. I promise you, as long as you make a good game, that time splitters will sell well because people want that game back. You do that. Good job. 
buy a mutant, make it good. Game sells well. Good job. Go out and get something else then. Celebrate by buying a new IP. Merry Christmas to THQ Nordic. But put out games on what you have first. Show faith that you're going to do something with what you're buying before you just buy every IP. Like, you don't need to own everything. You don't. You don't have to. That's There's no point in it. Yes, you might want the licensing fees like Frank was talking about or the IP rights to get the money from that. But in a realistic world, every IP that I read on that list when we started talking about this, there's maybe 10 on there that are even interesting to anybody. Like nobody wants a yeah, new. Yeah, well, mostly most of them are garbage. But if I may offer a counterpoint real quick. Yeah. What about what about uh, studios that sit out there with just dead IPs in general? Like, wouldn't be better just to consolidate under one banner? Like, find out why those IPs are dead. Find out why the studios are sitting. Like, like, on like, like, like why? Why have you know we haven't had a new Gex game? We haven't had a new um, Legacy of Kane game. Those those are great series. People love those series. I love those series. I do too. I like both those series that you just mentioned, Gex and Legacy of Kane. But don't you like the original studio that actually made those games? And if some of the talent is still there, if somebody new buys the IP from them, you're not going to get the same type of game. You may get a bad game. I'm not, I'm not getting the same type of game now. I mean, they're just they're sitting there. They're shuttered. I would rather have nothing than a game released out that and an IP that's bad. Like, uh, uh, there's an I have an example of that, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, recently, a sequel came out to a game that it would have been better off had it just not released. I think that's uh, I, well, yeah, that could probably be the case as well. Um, but there are certain IPs to where it's just better left as memory. Because you don't need a new game to come out and be an abomination to to the industry. When you have these retro games that are still fun to play, like you can go back and replay these games. Nothing stopping us from going back and playing the original Gex trilogy, just like nothing stopping you from playing the le- original Legacy of King games that are still fun. They're still good games. Got them all on Steam for $1.99 a piece. Yeah, they're still fun <laughs> games to play through. Now, if another studio comes along and makes a new Legacy of Kane and it ends up being a 2 out of 10, you're not going to be happy with that game. You're going to hate it, and you're going to wish that you never bought it. And you're probably going to try to get a refund. It would have been better just to replay an old game. So, unless the original studio and, like, the original talent or, you know, I, it was people that actually were in love with it and knew how to make a true spiritual successor... I, I just think that, uh, man, I'm just, I don't like this at all. I think, I, I, I just think it's becoming too much of a joke. And I'm not alone in thinking this, that they just need to stop for a little while. They need to let it, let it cool off, let it cool down, and then go out and, you know, get some new things. But they have to release games first, man. They have to release some games. They have to release some games. And they have to release some good games. So that's it. That's it. I also want to talk about loot boxes here. I'm very happy about this. Yeah, I also want to talk about loot boxes here. This is something that several other podcasts have been talking about over the past several weeks. It's something that, uh, you know, we we probably should have talked about when the news first initially broke, but I, I skipped over it for whatever reason. But I, I think we have to devote some time to this now. Uh, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, is now investigating loot boxes and people are starting to wonder what is going to happen next. Now, I pulled up an article from Polygon.com. And it says here to date, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission's public involvement into video game loot boxes has been restricted to a single word. In a Congressional Oversight Committee meeting this whatever Tuesday this was, FTC Chairman Joe Simons replied yes to a request from Senator Maggie Hassan from New Hampshire, a Democrat, that the organization look into and report back on loot boxes. So what is going to happen now? And is the FTC likely to hand down legal restrictions on loot boxes? 
These in-game devices offer consumers a chance to win in-game items, sometimes in exchange for cash. They have been compared to gambling. Uh, I'm not going to rule. I'm not going to read this entire Polygon article because it's just like quotes that they picked up from people and speculation on their own part. So I want to speculate on our part. And, and how do we feel about the FTC getting involved in the actual loot box fiasco? And I know, Frank, you have a lot to say about this topic. So I'm going <laughs> I'm I'm to let you talk for a little bit. Thanks. Uh, so for one, just in a broad stroke, the, your too long didn't read version. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, th- we have this in, in oh, we, we, they have this in Europe where they deemed loot boxes as gambling. Yeah. So, uh, you're paying real money for a chance to win an in-game item. So you're, you know, you're not buying an in-game item like DLC style. You're buying a blind box, so to speak. So you're, it's a gamble. And some games like CSGO, you're able to actually buy from each other, if I'm not mistaken. No, that's true. Yeah. So that, that, that became like that people were running underground casinos through CSGO. Yeah. And they actually got in trouble for that. And they actually like got like, man, I, I this was a big deal in the news like two two years ago or so. I remember it, this. It, but it was big money. Like yeah, it, was, it was. And to the point now that like loot boxes are disabled in a lot of European countries. Like you can't you can't do it. Right. And I think it's a good thing here now. Uh, of course, you're going to have the people who fighting counter that the, the ESA, the Entertainment something Entertainment Software Association. There you go. They're they're, they're a holes, uh, because you know for them it's all about money. Oh, this isn't gambling. It's just a, it's a chance. This doesn't affect the normal player. You don't need to buy these things. These games are made to incite you to want to buy these things. Like you know, like you're, you're locking parts of the game behind a paywall. You know, to, to, to get the, to get the best character in the game, or to get like the best skin or the best gun, you actually have to pay for it. The argument the argument has always been it's optional content. You don't need to play through the game. That's always been the argument. And you know what? For me, I'm a completionist. I like to have everything in game, and then they'll say, "Oh well, you know, you could actually get earn these things in game for real using actual you know the, the stuff that you earn." But they're they're putting such a high price. Uh, I harken back to this a lot with uh, Street Fighter Five. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Street Fighter V made the promise that all the DLC to the game would be free and could be earned well, free could be earned through the in-game currency you win in game. Uh, not the same thing as a loot box, but still the same premise here. The saying that you know, yeah, you don't have to pay for it; you can earn it. Uh, so let's say Zangief was twenty thousand credits to buy. Uh, playing a match might earn me a credit, two credits. Like it's such a, it's such an exorbitant number to pay versus. Or just pay five bucks and I'll unlock them. Like it's, it's predatory. Absolutely. It's not right. Um, I don't even like it. Like injustice, to, uh, injustice too. I love injustice too. But injustice too has the same thing where you buy crystals. Uh, anyway, these crystal with these crystals you you upgrade things, but you also buy what are called mother boxes, which is a fancy word for loot box to unlock the different parts for your character to make a better character. It just it's not it's nonsensical. We could talk about. Thousands of all these games have them. Starfront, Star Wars Battlefront 2 actually raised <laughs> big, big news. Like Disney was like, you got to take this out of the game now. People are raging against it us. Would co- what was it? It would cost like two thousand some dollars or something to actually unlock everything in Battlefront 2. And, you know, like the Speedway using loot boxes because it would take so long to unlock certain characters and certain things. And in, in Battlefront 2, like that was such a. Freaking ridiculous, man. And, and Disney's like, no, this is bad for our company. You're going to make us look bad. And it came down for, what, 24 hours? Mm-hmm. 
And then they came and then they, they, did a, they did a 180 on that. They're like, oh, you know, uh, it's optional content. And, uh, you know. It's 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 BS. And it, it, it really you what know, it harkens back to what the whole FTC is even looking into is the gambling as is the actual gambling aspect. Absolutely. So what's going to so what's going to happen? What's going to happen is you'll be able to buy in-game currency and just buy listed things eventually. Just, you know. Yeah. So that that's actually how this is going to end up being like they're going to end up doing away with loot boxes and they're going to sell a currency and then give you a list of things so that you know exactly 100 percent what you're getting. I still don't like that system, but I like it better than it being randomized. I like knowing if I want something specific, like going back to, let's say, Destiny 2 for a minute, a game that is synonymous with loot boxes. If I want a certain gun or a certain skin in Destiny 2 or even Overwatch to an extent, if I want something specific, I have to hope, fingers crossed, that I get what I want after I spend my two ninety nine or three ninety nine or four ninety nine or whatever the amount of money that I spend on that loot box, I have to hope that I get what I wanted. And if I didn't, I have to try again and again and again until I eventually get what I wanted, which is why the gambling aspects. Now, if I could just say for four ninety nine, I buy something and then I get a choice from a list to unlock what I want. I like that better. That's not gambling to me. I'm, it I'm, still sucks. It still it's sucks having to buy a game for $60 and then an additional $4.99 gets me something else that I probably should have just been included in the game anyway and unlocked through actual means through in-game gameplay. But I still like that better knowing that I only have to spend $5 to get something special that I want my particular character to have, whether it's a cosmetic or a weapon or whatever. And that's the real big problem, too, is the things that are you're normally in loot boxes are cosmetic. They are. They are. So so that's going to be the argument that ESA is really going to be hammering home. And their lobbyists are probably going to get this thing shut down. Um, maybe. That's the way, maybe. It's, 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 it's the way American politics are, unfortunately. It's just, it's, you know, cash is king. Um, so I, but, it, but it really sucks because, like, I have friends and they told me this and it just blew my mind, like, all over the place. I, they tell me that you know their friends spend thousands of dollars a year on Madden and NBA 2K, and I'm like, the game costs sixty bucks. How are you spending thousands of dollars? And they go, ultimate no, team. all these ultimate team, ultimate team, all, all the packs, and like, which again is it's a loot box. It's you can call they're they're, they're loot cards, but it's still it's it's the same thing. It's unbelievable. Did you know that there's a franchise out there that makes one point five million U.S. dollars? every day from that type of loot box and it's not madden and it's not nba we'll give you one guess okay same same line of type of game oh just not madden and just just not there you go 1.5 million us dollars every day through card pack sales for ultimate team and fifa ea is rolling in that money, dude. We're just selling cards it's to just not people deal. that are buying them. But it sucks because what's the argument that keeps coming down to? It's if you don't like it, don't buy it. If you don't like it, don't buy it. It sucks that people have that kind of mentality. I hate, and I've said this, I've said this in plenty of episodes. If you go back, you'll see me say it almost every episode. Yeah. I hate paying for on-disc content. Content that should have been included for free anyway, because it was there to begin with. Now you look at, okay, 
Case in point, something we talked about earlier in the show, Joker coming to Smash Brothers Ultimate. Joker is not in that cartridge right now. No. He is not even done being developed yet. He's no, being he is, sold. He, he is literally DLC. DLC. He will, he will be more than five to 17 kilobytes, which is what they send you as a code to unlock something in the game. Yeah, I don't mind paying for DLC. I don't mind paying for a season pass. I, I, one of my biggest games of the year this year, I talk about this all the time, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I love that game. And they are putting out this fantastic story content that is not currently on the disc. You can't access it. Now, they are releasing certain missions for free. Well, I add that. Well, I might add they're releasing certain missions that are on the disc for free. You're not making you pay for them on a weekly basis. But this content pack coming up that starts releasing now and through January and spring, the ones that deal with like this major conflict that's going on, this major plot point that I'm not going to give away for those that haven't finished the game. I am okay with paying for that because I want more story content for things that were not developed in time before the game shipped. If you're selling me something that's already on the disc or on the cartridge or whatever in the data already from the time that I go to the store and buy the game or the game gets delivered to me from Amazon or Best Buy or wherever I bought it, that's I also agree with you. I have an issue with paying for something that's already in my game, but I have to then pay you five dollars to get access to it. But after I already bought it. It's it's gambling to the point that, you know what, Borderlands 2, they were out front about it. They didn't have loot boxes. Right. What they did was they actually had in-game gambling. You went to a casino to get the best weapons. Uh, you had to gamble like all your hard-earned resources. But you're, Yeah, but you're not gambling your money. I'm not gambling my like $5 was, dollars that I work for. It was for. almost like a, a commentary on what you had to do. You're, like, you're giving up your, your hard-earned resources for a better gun. Like... The almost way to do almost it, calling it opinion, stupid, in my opinion. So the way to do it, in my opinion, to get like new content is the way Smash Brothers does it. Sure. Just random unlocks. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Like, you know, the Smash Brothers Ultimate, you start with your eight characters. We talked about earlier in the show. As you play the game, you get challenged by a random character. That's fun because you don't know how you're going to get it. Your first character you unlocked is totally different from my first character. Your first spirit you got, totally different from my first spirit that I got. That's cool because then the gameplay experience is different for everybody and it's fun. But you still get access to everything that's on that cartridge without having to pay for. I don't have to pay $3.99 to unlock Simon Belmont and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. If Nintendo tried to sell me something to unlock these characters faster, I'd tell them to go fuck themselves. Like that's they, they, yeah. they're one company that hasn't actually stooped that low yet. But I think there's companies out there that could put out a Smash Brothers light game with 70 plus people on it. Only give you 10 and say, hey, if you want to unlock these characters faster, you can buy them. You Capcom. know, you know, well, Capcom does that. But you know who else does that? 2K. Look at WWE. Look at. Yeah, true. But WWE games, you look at those games and, you know, you have to unlock certain wrestlers, whether you play through the game and get the the VC, the virtual coins. You can unlock them by playing the game. You have to play for a while, just like you had to play for a while to actually unlock everything in Star Wars Battlefront 2. But you can actually buy packs. You can buy coins and you can then use those coins to buy fighters. Hate it absolutely hate that i like earning my characters through in-game i bought the game because i think it's fun to play and i want to play the game i want to play smash brothers because i enjoy the gameplay of super smash brothers i like how the fighting mechanics are i think it's the easiest fighter to get into every fighter almost plays the same way they have different stances sword users magic users brawlers whatever but 
A up is the same type of move for every character. You know, attack up, special up, special down, side attacks. There's no like back, back, left, right, up, down, A to do a like in Mortal Kombat. It's like you don't need to memorize these in-depth move charts. Now, that, that type of stuff works well for Mortal Kombat. But I like the simplicity of Smash Brothers because I can learn the moves of everybody at once and then go in and at least stand a chance. If I want to jump in and play as a character I've never played before, like in Cinder Roar, I still have a basic understanding of the moves. I might not know how that character moves around on the actual battlefields or, you know, what I should do or how to use them strategically until I actually play some matches and get familiar with them. But I at least can go in and do basic moves. and I know how to do the ultimate smashes and all that kind of stuff. Whereas... I couldn't tell you how to do any fatality in Mortal Kombat 11 until someone figures it out. And then even then, I'll probably forget. I actually have to write them down or look them up. Like, it's, it's hard you know, to for, memorize everything. You know, for, for $3, a new challenger will approach. No, 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 thank you. no, no, thank you, <laughs> Nintendo. And I'm glad. Shout out to Nintendo for not ever doing stuff like that. You know, they sell you actual DLC that's meaningful. They sell you a season like an expansion pass for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. They sell you a big, huge expansion pass for Breath of the Wild called the Champions Ballad. Otherwise, they give you five new characters for $24.99 in Smash Brothers, each with a new character, a new stage, several new tracks. I can't wait for those Shoji Megaro Persona remixes for, for Smash Brothers. That's going to be great. But they're giving you a character for free just for registering your game. They're giving you Piranha Plant. They're probably going to give you the Waluigi for free just because people, I think, would be pissed if they had to pay for Waluigi. But uh, other than that, you look at Mario Kart 8. You had free DLC for a year for Mario Kart 8. You look at Splatoon 2, free updates for a year for Splatoon 2. They Mario Odyssey, free updates, new costumes, new shit added to it all the time. Yeah, it. new characters. All, like Nintendo is really good with you letting you buy a game and then just letting you get content because of your playing of this game and they appreciate you. That's awesome. Like, I like Nintendo. Yes, they sell certain things. And while they never used to do season passes, I like season passes. I like story content DLC. I don't like loot boxes. So I really hope that you're wrong and that the lobbyists in the ESA don't lobby against this and actually get to shut down. I want the Federal Trade Commission to actually put a stop to gambling in games. I don't want loot boxes anymore. I'm okay with what you said. If I pay $3.99, I then get a choice to unlock things in a category and I can take my pick. If I want to make my character look like Santa Claus, I can buy the Santa Claus costume and that's it. I don't have to try to buy a loot box and hope that I get the Santa outfit. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay with that. And I hope that's how it comes down to. I need a break. How about we go and do some kickstart my heart? Because my oh, heart yeah. is beating fast and I need a little bit of a break. I think we need to talk about some more Norse mythology. What do you think? How about a Metroidvania with a focus on Norse mythology? An epic storyline, adventure, exploration, and thrilling combat encounters. I am talking about a Norse platforming game called Freya and the False Prophecy which is currently on Kickstarter right now with a $22,516 US goal. It is sitting at $7,633 US dollars. Uh, it is not even halfway there yet, but it does have 23 days to go. 
as of the time of recording, and it looks fantastic. It is a 2D platform action adventure game set in the expansive world of Norse mythology, fusing a unique hand-drawn aesthetic with exciting combat, rich detailed environments, and a thrilling story. Join Freya in her perilous journey through lands of monsters, giants, and gods. The tale of one shield maiden's journey, a tale of betrayal, overcoming adversity and self-discovery. You'll be the fallible heroine Freya, troubled by a brutal past and thrust into the harsh unknown as you traverse through the nine realms of Yggdrasil in search of answers and redemption. You'll discover a great betrayal, uncover a prophecy, experience a terrible tragedy, and ultimately go head to head with the gods themselves. Uh, there is a demo for this as well that I just clicked on and I'm downloading. I didn't see that when I looked at this <laughs> earlier. I am downloading this demo. I'm going to have to as well. Yeah, I am downloading this demo now. Let's take a look at the storyline. Uh, their strings tug, our motions pre-orchestrated. Fate or free will, does it even matter? Can you rise and forge your own fate? As you travel through the nine realms of Yggdrasil, you will uncover an epic tale. As gamers and fans of rich and engaging stories, the team is placing an emphasis on crafting a tale that you'll remember long after finishing the game. Returning from a raid, Freya arrives at her home shore, her ship cast upon the rocks. She discovers all is not as it seems. A great malady has gripped the land and the gods may have a part in it. With the tragedy of lost comrades and a sunken bounty behind her, she sets off to uncover the truth. Freya will not make it through the journey unscathed. As you uncover the mystery and piece together the prophecy, you'll progress not only Freya's character, but also unlock awesome and powerful abilities to break the chains that bind you to the gods. Along the way, you'll meet a variety of interesting and diverse characters which will either help, hinder, or provide some well-earned comic relief. You have Stigander, the Wanderer, a traveler and wanderer with a large ego and an even bigger sword. Stigander comes from a land that was ravaged by a great famine and hardship many moons ago. Freya encounters him at various points in her adventure, and they forge a strong bond of kinship. There's Era, the quick-witted, the cheeky bard who promises to sing Freya's saga for a thousand years. Quirky and with a sense of humor, you'll always be on the lookout for the next opportunity to exchange some friendly banter. And then, of course, there's the gods, which the team is keeping a secret for now. They're not big on photographs. Suffice to say, they'll have a strong presence in the game. Much of the storyline will be told through in-game cinematics. So, and it's a definitely, like they mentioned, a unique hand-drawn type art style mixed with some Metroidvania-style platforming. And of course, there's the Nine Realms, which is connected by the giant ash tree Yggdrasil. Freya's adventure will take you through them all, each a unique and richly crafted environment populated with nefarious creatures determined to cut you down in your tracks. So, let's take a look at them. There's Midgard, home of the humans, surrounded by the all-encompassing sea serpent, Jormunder. Midgard is a land of mountains, valleys, rivers, and oceans, a land that Freya calls home. If you recently finished God of War, you'll be familiar with all these terms. Uh, Niflheim, the world of fog and mist, darkest and coldest of the nine realms, Niflheim is a barren and icy wasteland. Uh, Musfelheim, the land of fire, remember going there, is a burning hot place filled with all the flames and soot. Asgard, the home of the Aesir, a divine and orderly realm, the this domain of the gods is ruled by Odin and his wife Frigg, home to the great halls Valhalla and the meadow of Folkvanger? And some of my north is not that good. Where fallen Vikings will go for the afterlife. I don't think we went to Asgard in God of War. Most for sure we didn't go there. Uh, Jotunheim, home of the giants, which we briefly went to. The sword enemies of the Aesir. Jotunheim consists mostly of rocks, wilderness, and dense forests. Vanaheim, home of the Vanir. The Vanir are masters of sorcery and magic, renowned for their ability to foretell the future. I don't think we went there, I don't think we went there either. 
Uh, Alphine, remember we're going there, home of the Light Elves, the Luminous and Mysterious Creatures. So some say they are more beautiful than the sun. Zvoltelheim, I don't think we went there either. Yeah, we didn't go to the dwarves. So those were the three, Zvoltelheim, Vanaheim, and Asgard we didn't go to. Uh, master crafters and hoarders of wealth, the dwarves live underneath the mountains, inhabiting caves and subterranean tunnels. And of course, there's Helheim, home of the dishonorable dead, a cold and lifeless place ruled by Loki's fearsome daughter, Hel, and guarded from trespassers by a monstrous hound. Uh, obviously, this is a Metroidvania, so it is a 2D style platformer. Um, there's RPG mechanics, you can battle, tight controls, exploration, platforming, be challenged, or you don't have to do any of that. You can just put on story mode and just breeze through the game and get the story. But why would you want to do that? Play the game, have some fun. Uh, skill trees to follow, different types of mechanics. It's currently set to release on PC, and then the team will subsequently port the game to Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One if they reach their stretch goals. So the first stretch goal is $23,750 US dollars, which uh, is just about $1,000 more than what they're looking for to actually do the game. They'll put it on the Switch. Great Switch game. I would love that. So yeah, the Switch will be $23,750 US dollars. Uh, $25,000 gets you Epic Cinematics. $26,000 would get you a bestiary and a journal, and then more goals revealed soon. Interesting that the uh, PS4 and Xbox One stretch goals are so much higher than the Switch. It must be a lot cheaper to put games on the Switch than it is on so. Xbox One. Yeah. It must be, Nintendo must not charge as much licensing fees to put the games on the Switch as like PS, uh, Sony and Microsoft do. Are you going to pledge to this? Because I am. I want to play the demo first, then I'll jump in. But more than likely, you know me, I pledge just about everything. Yeah, this is definitely something that I absolutely want to get. Um, looks like right here, for $30, we can get two copies of the game in a digital bundle. So for 30 US dollars, you get two copies of the game, your name in the credits and an awesome digital bundle filled with goodies such as access to the backers only discord, name in the credits, two times copy of the game, a copy of the handbook, digital wallpapers and the digital soundtrack. Now, the only issue with this, the only issue with this game, I'm looking forward to it. Expected time of release is in January 2022. Cut dang. So we are about three years away from this game, which I get most games take three years to make, but that means they literally just started on this game within the past six months. So um, that, that would be my guess. But I'll play the demo as well. I have it downloaded. I already downloaded it. I downloaded it while we were talking. So I'm going to check this out. Uh, I'll let you guys know what I think after I play it. But uh, I'm looking forward to this. And yeah, I wonder if the Switch will even still be a current console in 2022 or if the actual Nintendo next Nintendo console will be coming out soon after that. Because <laughs> every five years, Nintendo puts out a console. It's true. That would be the fifth year of the Switch's life cycle. So we'll have to wait and see. We might be waiting for the uh, Switch 2 or the... Uh, I'm hoping by then it's just an implant. The Wii 3. I have no idea. We'll call it the Wii 3. Maybe we'll go back to the Wii name. Maybe they'll go back to the... Maybe it'll be the Super Switch. They'll call it the Game Boy. The Switch 64. <laughs> but yeah, check it out over on Kickstarter.com. It is uh, Freya and the False Prophecy. Looking forward to that. But I do think that's going to bring us to the close of the show this week, unless you have anything else you want to talk about before we get on out of here. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our family. All right. might see, no, wait, 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 no, I can do that. That's licensed. Well, that's going to do it for this week, then. We want to thank you. We don't need Disney bring down our next. No, we do not. Uh, well, maybe they'll just send Wolverine after you. That'd be cool, too. Ooh, we want to thank next. you. <laughs> we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Max Level, made possible by leveldowngames.com. And thanks again to Dance with the Dead for all the awesome music. 
Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through iTunes. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to youtube.com forward slash games and subscribe to our channel there if you haven't already. And while you're at it, why not pop over to twitch.tv slash games for all the live streams and event coverage. Make sure you click that follow button. If you want to follow us across social media, you can do so on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check the description box below for the appropriate links. Until next week, keep gaining experience until you reach max level. Good shit, good shit, good shit.